0: Hey everyone, it's Dave. Real quick, I just want to say a couple of things before this episode starts. I want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show. I've been getting great feedback on it and I really appreciate it. If you're enjoying this show, please go to iTunes, give us that five-star review, leave some words if you want, but you don't have to do that. You can just click the five stars. That keeps us in the charts on iTunes and it's really, really helpful to get more people to find it. And I'd love to keep doing this show and have it expand and have more people discover it. And yeah, it's just, it's really helpful. So if you could do that, it'd be so awesome. The other thing I was going to say is we have a new show on nobody's knows.com. It's called The Token Asian. It's not like I've known you too long. It's much more comedy. It's definitely got some weed humor to it. That's, I mean, should be apparent from the title. But if that sounds like it's your sort of thing, give it a listen and rate and review us. And you know what? Give us some feedback. Send some questions in. We have a question segment on that show. So um, all the way after the end of this episode, there's going to be an ad for that. Give it a listen and uh, see what you think. The other thing I was going to say, as always, this episode is brought to you by Black Crown Car Service. Black Crown Car. You know, people take Ubers all the time and Lyfts and whatever, but people will say like Uber is just becoming a word like Jello or something where people just say it. Don't just think Uber. Don't think you have to use Uber. Use Black Crown Car. It's better than Uber. It's better than any of those services you're going to find. I know this because I drove for the company. I know the owner. He drives for his company. It is a good company. Download the app for your mobile device at blackcrowncar.com. You will not regret it. Okay, let's get into this episode. Here we go. Well, welcome back to another episode of I've Known You Too Long. My guest today is Carrie Whitney actually Carrie Whitney Hall. But for most of my life, I knew her as Carrie Whitney. Now, you probably seen something Carrie's done if you're into the kind of music that most of the people on this podcast have been involved in. You've probably seen photos, you may have seen her zines, you may have bought records she put out. Carrie's been involved in a number of ways in the scene for many, many years, and she's a good friend of mine, and here she is. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. Is it, are, you, are you legally a hyphen?
1: No, not legally.
0: You are Carrie Hall?
1: No, I'm Carrie Whitney. Oh.
0: <laughs> but I've seen Carrie Whitney Hall.
1: I, on Facebook.
0: <laughs> okay. They let you do that. I thought yes. everyone had to change their names to the straight legal. No, no. No? That's... I mean,
1: I could change my name to Hall if I wanted to, but I've been Carrie Whitney forever, so. All right, cool. Even though I I love my husband dearly. Well, see, I got to (laughs) look. Even
0: when I said the name, I got to look. Now, full disclosure, he's here in the room. (laughs) Rich Hall is here.
1: (laughs) I can't say anything bad about him.
0: Do you want to speak up and say hello? No. Okay. All right. But just so people know that uh, there is a third party, and that is not normally how we do things around here. If you hear some noises, if you hear some comments, I'm encouraging him, actually, to speak up if he needs to.
2: Yeah.
0: Just I will. <laughs> L- lean in when you do it. I will. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> you
1: might hear me say, like, ow, ow. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay. I don't want to see any spousal abuse. <laughs> it's scarily noncommittal. <laughs> no. I See, I told you this would happen if I'd start making dumb jokes mm-hmm. if, uh, if, if there were three people. But that's all right. We're going to. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the way I start all these, I say the same thing. Carrie, I've known you too long.
1: Yes, yes you have.
0: Yo, you agree with that?
1: Yes. Way too long. <laughs> and and we've like lived together and yeah.
0: Oh, like, we'll,
1: it's way too
0: long. We'll get to all that. Okay. So so you're 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 really adamant. Like most people are like, Oh wait, what do you mean? Like you're just like, nope, I've done nope. With it. <laughs> so with a lot of people I say I've known you so long, I don't know when we actually met. But I know when we met. Yeah. We met, but see, here's the thing. I could be wrong. I may, because the way the the early to mid nineties work in my mind, I may have compacted a bunch of time together. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to nail it though. As close as we can. I always try to get everybody down to the handshake.
1: Oh, I, well, I don't know the handshake, but I know the exact time. I
0: saw you before I met you because mm-hmm. I was living on Capitol Hill okay, in Seattle. It was 1994.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was before the summer.
1: Yeah, yeah i had
0: right at the beginning it was late spring early summer yeah. i had just left my job at kinko's okay. and i i was unemployed and i was doing the record label excursion full force and i was like this summer this is going to be my summer i've got this all this summer. stuff coming out the undertow he was coming out just <laughs> everything was going to be great and every day i would walk up to broadway two blocks up broadway being the main strip on Capitol Hill where all the hip stuff was happening and I'd get like an iced coffee or something. And I kept passing you on the street. Okay. And my post office box was up there. I had all, you know, and I, I'd see you and I was like, who's that? Like (laughs) you were someone I should know, but didn't know. And so I'd smile. You'd smile. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to meet this girl. I got to know who this girl is.
2: All
1: right.
0: Does this sound familiar to you?
1: I mean, not really. No,
0: No, you made an impression. I'm sure I didn't.
1: (laughs) Well, no, not before, not before I met you.
0: But I walked, but I met you actually on the sidewalk. Really? I walked up to you and said, we should go get coffee. Really? Yes. And you said yes. And we had never spoken to each other before that. Wow. And right after that, whatever you're thinking of happened.
1: So right after that, a friend of a friend took me to my very first hardcore show. Mm-hmm. It was in April. Is it April?
0: It May. What was the show?
1: It was Undertow and Strain at Magic Studios.
0: Undertow and Strain at Magic Mike Studios. Yes. I had a, we already knew who each other were. Really? Yeah. Just barely. Really? Just barely. Wow. Because I... I <laughs> <laughs> but that was the thing that was like, but not like we weren't like pals. No. But we had just, I had met you. Okay. And so this is the thing. Okay. So in my mind, you just showed up and started like making the scene.
1: I st- I just popped into your world. But you had already
0: <laughs> been in Seattle for a while at that
1: point. Oh yeah. Yeah. I moved to Seattle in 92 and okay. I worked at tower records and Maybe.
0: you're going real fast here. I
1: was like, <laughs>
0: we're going to get all of this. Yeah. <laughs> you moved. Okay. So let's do this. So we both agree just before the summer. Yeah. Oh Yeah. You and then you went to your first hardcore show, and then you were in. Oh yeah, right. I was sold. You were sold, and you, you only lived a couple blocks from me. Yes. Okay, and so we saw each other like that whole summer. Mm-hmm. There was pinball involved. There was oh, yeah. all kinds of cool stuff. So we'll get to that. What we always do is we figure it out. We, you and I have no no argument about when the timing was. No. There, it wasn't like you were coming to shows for a year and no one knew who you were, and then nope. something happened. Okay. <laughs> But what we do is we, once we figured out that time, then we go backwards and we figure out how you came to be in a place where we would have met. Okay. And I like to go all the way back. Okay. So I want to know where you came from.
1: Well, I mean, I grew up in Woodburn, Oregon. Were you born there? <laughs> I was born there. I was born in Jervis. So. Is it,
0: do I have <laughs> fans No one in ever Jervis? knows what that is. <laughs>
1: um, small town in Oregon. And uh Yeah.
0: <laughs> no not yeah. there's so much more there <laughs> so um did you move to woodburn your parents moved to woodburn
1: um yeah i mean woodburn's like the next town over okay from so it's just all so, the yeah.
0: same all yeah, the same thing and same thing. and when you say you grew up there until you moved to seattle
1: um well i lived briefly in kaiser oregon and that's where i graduated high school okay and uh then i moved like Probably like the day after I graduated, I was going to go join a friend of mine in L.A.
0: And you did that for a while, right? Yeah. Well, it was like three weeks. It was very short-lived.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I got down there and she had basically lost her job and she was a nanny. So we were homeless. <laughs> and like we piled around with some friends and met some, you know, bands down there and had fun and then decided to... <laughs>
0: You Decided to come home.
1: <laughs> decided to, uh, well, come home and I was already like kind of leaning towards going to the Art Institute. And so we decided to come home and I signed up all my paperwork for the Art Institute and started that in September.
0: You oh, So then you came up to the Art Institute in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we cannot skip over... Everything that happened between birth and you moving to, uh, you moving to LA. We got to know, we got to know some crucial things about little Carrie. (laughs) Uh, what, uh, and there are key things that I ask everybody that I need to know about. I need to know, well, what was your childhood like?
1: Um, my childhood was awesome. I grew up with my brother and my two cousins Um, so I'm a tomboy because I only hung out with boys. (laughs) You only
0: hung out with boys as a a little girl. Yeah. And Uh, were you in a place that was like a rural setting or were you in city?
1: Uh, it was, there was like, you know, farmland around, but.
0: Okay. So, I mean, playing in the woods was something that people did. It wasn't like. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Riding motorcycles and dirt bikes and, you know, BMX and skateboarding and all that.
0: (laughs) Oh, that was that you rode motorcycles? Yes. Was it normal for kids to have motorcycles?
1: I mean, it wasn't like motor. It was like little dirt bikes out in the field, you know. Yeah, but those those
0: yeah those cost money and are still dangerous. It wasn't. Norm- I had fr- I rode motorcycles. Yeah. I I, I rode my father's motorcycle, <laughs> which wasn't very good, and some of the neighbor kids had much nicer dirt bikes. <laughs> but we rode around out in the out in the field and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, and it was dangerous.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. <laughs> I have conversations with my cousins, like, we should not be alive. Like, we were... My my dad and my uncle, like, were daredevils. Like, you know, there's pictures of us, like, standing on the side of a cliff, with like, my dad holding me over the edge, you know, like...
0: <laughs> oh, early Michael Jackson shot. How
1: did we live?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So that's... That's good. So you were definitely rough and tumble, get out and mix it up with the boys. Oh, yeah. Ride motorcycles. Okay, this all makes sense, I think, for (laughs) what happens later, you know. Um, Did you have a lot of girlfriends?
1: Mm, No, I have my one best friend since seventh grade and.
0: Since seventh grade? Since seventh grade. That's junior high. Yeah. What was grade school like?
1: Uh, I was awkward and a weirdo and.
0: (laughs) Did you. Excellent. Did you go to the same grade school the whole time?
1: I did up until high school. I went through all grades with all the same people.
0: What was the craziest thing that happened at your grade school that you can remember? I don't know. Was there any anything that really left an impression? No. Not it was just really. pretty chill. It was just a little kid having a good time. well,
1: yeah, little kids being weirdos.
0: <laughs> Every once in a while, that will pull out. It's pretty crazy stories that people won't huh. believe. Like Bill and I had stuff happen that was unbelievable. Like, absolutely, <laughs> like, p- you know, people getting shot. Things like that were just no. crazy. So
1: I think my parents like sheltered me enough. To...
0: Well, that was cool. there was, well I guess... parents can shelter you. But when you go to grade school, it is your first time away oh, in, a, in, a, in a little social group. And it's mixing up a bunch of different kinds of kids and anything can happen. Yeah. You know? No kids got shot any kids at my grade school. But like. Kids carried knives. Yeah. And it it was the place where someone got shot was apartments connected to the grade school. And it was a kid's dad we knew. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: we lived next to an apartment building. And, like, there was a... We had um, raspberries growing. And there was a hole in the fence that went to the apartment building.
0: Sure. To the schoolyard, right?
1: No, it was to the apartment building. But, like, the apartment building was huge. And, like, we lived there when I was... Probably born till my brother was born, and then we bought the house next to the apartment building. Oh, okay. So, but it's like not a, uh, I don't know, it's like a low income housing or whatever. Sure. Not the best neighborhood for kids to hang out in. And like we always hung out with all the little kids next door, and there was a hole in the fence, and there was always something happening. There's always like cops there, there's always ambulances there, and people would, they would escape and run through our backyard. <laughs>
0: This is what I'm talking about. This is grade school, right? So you, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so no, nothing little. really happened except for all the fugitive chases through oh, yeah. my through my backyard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in it's a farm town, so there was lots of Mexican immigrants. there was uh, it was my my town is mostly it's like Orthodox Russian and Mexican. oh wow. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. yeah.
0: the the hole in the fence. where did it go?
1: Uh it went to the apartment building
0: from your house.
1: Like, from our backyard, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, it, I guess, I in my mind, I jumped from the school. No, no, no. And it, this was far away from the yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Far away from the school. So, that was just the connection. And then what, when these people would run through the hole in the fence and then run through your property, where then did they go?
1: They would either jump the, like, our property out to the street or go into the next neighbor's yard. Okay. Because we only had uh, like we had a little fence. I think it was four foot, but then there was big like arborvita bushes in between.
0: <laughs> and if they had run out the back of the property, would they just hit another house? Was it a neighborhood like that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. It's <laughs> exciting. Uh, did you um, did you listen to music when you were in grade school?
1: I, not really. I think my first exposure to music was my cousin. My cousin, Sean, but not the one I grew up with, like my older cousin, Sean, who's on my mom's side, <laughs> um, he, he was he's a few years older than me, but yeah, he gave me my first Van Halen tape.
0: <laughs> okay. Which one was it? It was unfortunately
1: the one without David Lee Roth. Oh,
0: 5150? <laughs> yes. Okay. And uh, this was what you already listened to music when you got that tape, though.
1: I'd, I had listened to music, of course. Like my family listens to music, my you know dad and I.
0: There was know. music in the house. Oh yeah, and, always and music popular in the house. music, like we yeah. listen to rock radio. Or oh whatever. yeah,
1: Michael Jackson record, and you know.
0: <laughs> okay, so Olivia
1: Newton John, Donna oh, I n- Summer. I know Olivia I mean, Newton
0: John is important.
1: Olivia Newton John is near and dear.
0: <laughs> so, but you remember getting your first record was Van Halen with Sammy Hagar
1: yeah
0: was it vinyl or was it cassette
1: it was a cassette
0: you got a cassette tape yeah and prior to that you didn't have any music
1: i'm sure that i had olivia newton john on cassette okay. i think that was might have been my first cassette it was olivia newton john but like it was like, in that time where you don't quite remember it you know?
0: okay so for, see, so for... like
1: my first real impression of music not from my parents as van
0: halen well and that's a big deal but see that's that's what i look for i look for the thing where the the thing where music made the first impression on a person so and was this a birthday gift
1: i don't think so i think he had just been listening to it and i was interested and so he was like oh here you know here have this here have this
0: it wasn't a recording of it it was the real thing it was the real thing okay and so (laughs) did you just play that tape out
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I got into Motley Crue.
0: Van Halen led you to Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And I know Motley Crue has been a big deal for you also. (laughs) In fact, I already know that (laughs) Olivia Newton-John and Motley Crue are huge
2: influences.
0: (laughs) But like, okay. So Olivia Newton-John, did you know of her from seeing her in movies before you were into her music? Or did you get into her music and then were surprised to find out that there were movies that you liked that she was in?
1: Um... It was definitely her music first. Okay. And then like, oh, I like Greece. I like.
0: Well, was it Greece or Xanadu?
1: <laughs> it was probably Greece first. But, but Xanadu
0: made a made a big impression. But right?
1: yeah, Xanadu. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Xanadu. <laughs> well,
1: I think Xanadu made a big impression on me because um, the break in movies made a big, huge impression on me, and like g- Beat Street.
0: But those aren't from the same time period.
1: But then, so, yeah, they are. They're off
0: by, like, five years, aren't
1: they? The zoot suitor dudes that are in Xanadu, one of them is Turbo from Breaking.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. So, in my mind, I think of those movies as being, like, four or five years apart, if not more. But I could be wrong. This is the kind of thing that I clear up on the blog page or at the Mm -hmm. end of the episode in corrections. But... um. So you're not implying that they're actually the same people.
1: I think they're the same. I think it's the same person.
0: He is. So it's the actor. We're supposed to believe when we watch Breakin' that that is oh, the no, same no, guy no, in no, Xanadu. No, not oh, I, in the movies, but I but want is that, the actor. I want that to be true. Oh, though. no. Okay.
1: <laughs> Xanadu, I think, was first.
0: Yeah. Oh, but it's after Grease, but before breakdancing, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It seems at the time, it seemed like a lifetime between Xanadu and breakdancing, but to us now it would probably be nothing.
1: Right. Like, right. Yeah. It'd
0: be like Next time we see each other. <laughs>
1: it's like two years. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. So but I was
1: still a little kid when like breakdancing was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you get into breakdancing? Oh yeah. Were you a, wait, did you like watching breakdancing or were you a breakdancer?
1: I tried. What was your name? Have a name. You have to have a
0: breakdance name. I don't
1: think I had a name.
0: Come on, everybody! (laughs) How could you be a breakdancer not give yourself a breakdance name? The
1: only thing I could do really well was the centipede backwards. I can't do it forwards. Wait, so you you mean like the worm? Yes, the worm. Is that
0: that the same as a centipede? Yeah. And so when you get down and do that, you just kind of naturally move one direction or the other, and you can only go backwards. Only backwards. Still?
1: Yes, probably. I haven't tried to do it in years.
0: Do you wonder if you could go forward?
1: I, I'm sure I've tried.
0: I saw someone doing the worm on that show at midnight last week. Oh, and they were, they, you know, they came out from behind the podium and did it right on the stage. And they were told they would get points if they did it. And I thought, I wonder if I can still do it. And then I did <laughs> not get off the couch and try, which made me think, I wouldn't oh, try now. I'm, no. I'm genuinely old now because <laughs> I, <laughs> I should, I should have tried. Yeah. So in my future, there's going to be another worm attempt here just to see where i'm at <laughs> but i want to what well, can i get a commitment from you that you will that I'll try that you will try Ooh. you just have to report back and say uh successful forward motion
1: <laughs> i can only go backwards there's no way i could go forward you know,
0: really no isn't it just a like i think you could kind of like propel yourself your a little momentum. bit with your hand right like because oh. <laughs> you got to be able to go backwards and forwards <laughs> Only backwards. <laughs> Is that a legitimate breakdancing move?
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't it be?
0: I don't know. Because it seems like everything else... Because it was the only one I could do.
1: <laughs> it's the only one I can do. <laughs> right.
0: Which always made me feel like it was more like, oh, there's that guy doing that thing.
2: <laughs>
0: it's the white person's move. <laughs> that's what... Thank you, Rich. Because that's the thing I wasn't saying.
2: I'll say
1: it. <laughs>
0: did I'll you, say it. Did
1: you do breakdancing?
0: Hell no. <laughs> okay. So you definitely didn't have a, a break in name.
1: A New York original did not break dance. It,
3: it didn't hit my part of Queens.
1: <laughs> um,
2: all right. We'll explain that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. You were someone who basically had music. Yeah. And then metal became something that you liked. Yes. Now, this is after breakdancing or at the same time? After. After so, After, yeah. you were probably in grade school when the breakdancing stuff yeah, was happening. Yeah, and Xan- Xanadu.
1: Xanadu was probably before it, but I, you know, I was too young to.
0: Right. Enjoy. Well, and I was and... very young when when Greece came out, and then Xanadu. And yeah. I think that's the order it happens in. So, and you're a, a few years younger than me, so that, that <laughs> makes sense. I'm just trying to get and and breakdancing was a thing like when I was in like the eighth grade.
1: Yeah, it was. I was like fourth grade.
0: Okay, Just, that <laughs> that makes sense. That sounds about right. Um, and it didn't last too long. No. And then and, and all the breakdance and people that I knew became skateboarders. Yep. Did that happened to there oh, too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> did you get into skateboarding? Yes. Did you skateboard? I did. See, this is this is awesome. <laughs> all right. So, what was your first skateboard?
1: Oh God, I don't even know. I don't no. Know.
0: No. Did you did you have a skateboard?
1: I think it was like a Lance mountain or something.
0: That, that's a big deal. That's a great first skateboard. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't really remember.
0: <laughs> okay. And did you, did you, I mean, did you ride like, did people build ramps? Did people skate in the street? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause it was a little, was a little more rural. You need some ramps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a couple, we had like, you know, a couple groups of houses. This is probably like seventh and eighth grade by then. Like mm-hmm. people had, you know, the half pipe and a vert ramp and. Nice. Different people's houses. Did you
0: things. did you ever skate like on a vert ramp? No. You, no. No,
1: no. I was not a daring skateboarder. I could go up and down the street and like Ollie off a curb. That's about it.
0: That, that's a big deal though. <laughs> I mean on Ollie is a nice place to get to with skateboarding. There's different levels. Like riding a ramp, like riding a ramp that has vert on it is a whole nother thing from riding a skateboard in the street.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And I would try on a half pipe. I've you know, I made it down a couple times, but ate shit a lot. that's that's good
0: though wait so you did try to drop in on a half pipe oh yeah yeah huge it's huge no i mean i can do anything it's incredible uh did you did you have pads on
1: yes i've got more like once i started hurting myself a lot on skateboards um i got more into bmx and like I can ride a BMX on a half pipe.
0: (laughs) You can. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) I cannot. No. (laughs) You did not know that she.
1: (laughs) I haven't tried it in forty years,
0: but. (laughs) The important question is: Are there photos?
1: I'm sure there are.
0: I really would like to see some you you on a half pipe with a BMX. There's only
1: there's one person that I am still friends with that knows me from these days. So
0: did you have a BMX nickname? No, I want nicknames. No,
1: well, (laughs) I had a nickname in high school, and it kind—I mean, it didn't really overlap with BMX. I don't think.
0: What was it? Bones. Bones. That sounds like a skateboarding one.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: well, how did you get that nickname?
1: All the, you know, all the skateboarders, all the metal kids—we all hung out together. Sure, (laughs) sure.
0: How did you get that nickname?
1: Uh, I'm skinny. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so skin and bones yeah bones that's a legitimate way to get a nickname and it's a legitimate not embarrassing way to get a nickname because some nicknames you just can't get it like you get named that and it's based on an event and yeah. it's, you're stuck with it yeah
1: no <laughs> i guess <laughs> i'm assuming that's why my nickname was
0: okay so did you know kids like back then that were that were opposed to? this sort of thing or was it just like everyone in the neighborhood was cool with all this stuff i mean what did you did you encounter where you grew up did you encounter the whole like jock versus alternative no. jock versus punk thing
1: i mean a little bit in high school but like we're such a small it, growing up it was such a small community there was like the popular kids with it bought all the nice clothes and then there was the dirtbag kids who rode skateboards or stole people's skateboards but um but like you know, we were all all in it together. So
0: <laughs> okay, it just wasn't big enough to really have a, a, yeah. a deep divide. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm getting it. I'm beginning. To, I'm beginning to see where you came from. <laughs> fights.
1: Um. Never really any fights. In like seventh and eighth grade, we got like tortured by um some Mexican girls that I don't know. They didn't like me and my friend. <laughs> Me and my my best friend. So you
0: ran afoul of the these ladies.
1: Yeah, I mean, they kind of, you know, they're just the bullies. And finally, they were in my friend Jen's face, and I was like, "This ends right now."
0: (laughs) Wait. So let's let's set this scene. Oh God. Seventh grade.
1: Uh, I think it was eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. So there now- We've been at w- some time from Were 12. you
0: in a, a junior high or middle school? Like, did did it go to ninth or did it go to eighth? It
1: go, went to eighth.
0: It went to eighth. So yeah. you were high school that was freshman through senior. Yeah. Okay. So you're the, you're the old, you're the older class. Yeah. Anybody who witnessed this was witnessing the, the upperclassmen at the school. It was like a scary fight.
1: No, it was, it was not a fight. I'd never fought. I'm a big No, no, win. we
0: have to, this has to escalate. Into but
1: I- but like they, you know, they'd pick on you and say bad things, you know, like yeah. kids did in eighth grade, and like you know, so it was finally like, I am sick of this. This is gonna end, and I just got in this girl's face, and I was like, What are you gonna do? <laughs> and nothing happened, and they left us alone after that.
0: That was it. The whole thing was, What are you gonna do? You didn't. You didn't like. You didn't exactly. get in close and then quietly say, I. Will cut you. <laughs> no. <laughs> you- <laughs> teachers didn't get involved they'd have to pry you apart nope see something like that like you'd be you would have become like best friends with that girl later i
1: you know i think we have run into them like when i go back home my friend jen still lives in hubbard oregon yeah so i think we've run into them here and there and i don't remember anybody from that time but you remember them right yeah i remember this happening yeah but i don't remember what they look like or anything and jen remembers everything so she's like i think that's blah, blah, blah. remember when we did this and i was like oh my
0: god <laughs> but so it didn't it didn't bleed over to adulthood no you didn't like get like looks like you
1: know no like, are I, we
0: gonna start this back up
1: i squashed it so
0: <laughs> shut it down before anything really happened. yeah
1: yeah okay so we can move on with our lives
0: <laughs> that's, that's all right. So even like grade school, no no fighting on the playground.
1: Oh, no, never.
0: It was all chill. I was too much of a wimp. <laughs> yeah, but see, that attracts bullies.
1: Yeah. I guess I wasn't like, you know, a total wimp, but... Okay. I, it, yeah. I was, you were in that, I was
0: mysterious. You were I in don't that know. middle. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And it, You know, I mean, there, look, there's there is a legitimate difference also, I think, between the experience of like boys and girls in school. But you were most definitely, like you said, over in the tomboy yeah. side of things. And that's why I would, you know, it's interesting to me how many of those experiences were the same. I mean, you, you tried dropping in on a half pipe. You're like one <laughs> of the only women I know that I can have that conversation with. <laughs> so, so you know, maybe you punched me, knocked some kid out off the tire swing or something. no. No. <laughs> All right, maybe you just don't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Blocked it all out.
0: <laughs> okay, so if you got into skateboarding, that means you had to have had some encounter with punk rock music. Yeah. What was the first punk rock music that you heard?
1: Boy, oh boy! I don't know. It has to. I'd have to say, suicidal tendencies.
0: Well, that's a, that's mine.
1: Cause it, it yeah, it like bridges the gap between metal and.
0: <laughs> and probably and probably you know would have been the first album yeah
1: oh yeah definitely. suicidal
0: first album oh because yeah. I mean once anybody I knew had that record it was just like oh my god have you heard this he's talking yeah. about his dead mommy like, yeah he wants a- all he wants is a Pepsi
1: yeah me and my friend Jen would be like camping and like blasting that you know like while we're camping like Go we're terrible kids.
0: <laughs> that that's, You didn't just describe it at like a terrible act that someone did. You're camping and you're listening to suicidal tendencies loud. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, I saw like, your mommy and your mommy's dead.
0: Became... <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that it was terrible because the other campers had to hear it? Yeah,
1: exactly. We tortured all the other happy families there on their vacations.
0: <laughs> no one came over and said, could you tell your kids to turn this awful, awful derogatory noise off
1: i'm sure that we like well i'm sure her parents got yelled at for us but we never got in super trouble
0: all right (laughs) so suicidal so i mean so you're listening to motley Crue, you're skateboarding you know a bunch of bmx kids you're listening to suicidal tendencies in this little town in oregon and then you end up going to la yeah. After you graduate, After right? After I graduate. So I mean, but but would you say high school? I mean, listening to "Suicidal" and uh, "Motley Crue" is high school, or does it change in high school? Oh, it changes. Well. Oh, so okay. I'm I'm still I'm still putting. You're in my still in eighth mind, grade. Yeah, in my mind, I've got you at my age, but I'm trying to remember <laughs> that you're you're just back from me. Yeah. So, thank you for that for <laughs> resetting me here. Okay, so what changes then when you go into high school?
1: Um. In high school, like I'm super Motley Crue fan, mm-hmm. like super butt rocker. Uh, Did you
0: have a leather jacket?
1: I don't think so. So
0: you had a jean jacket.
1: I had a jean jacket. Okay. I had a back patch. Um, I had really big hair.
0: <laughs> I think there are photos out there.
1: Oh yeah, tons. <laughs> um and so yeah i was a i love motley Crue. i saw went and saw him like a million times back then i begged my mom and my stepdad at the time prior to high school no this was in high school
0: in high school okay
1: yeah to bring us up to seattle to see motley Crue.
0: what was your first live concert
1: my first live concert was van halen
0: was van halen yes was it this around the same time as you got that cassette
1: uh yeah i was 12
0: you were 12 (laughs) i was 12 (laughs) who took you
1: My, my dad bought me the tickets. This is terrible. My, (laughs) my dad bought me, me and him a ticket and his girlfriend and her son a ticket. (laughs) And then my dad had to work and couldn't take us. So my mom took me with my dad's girlfriend and her son. (laughs)
0: Now I assume they're separated at this time? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's not as weird as it could be, but it's still they awfully were freshly weird. Freshly
1: separated. Like oh, I boy. my parents got a divorce when I was 12. So they would probably have been separated like 4 or 5 months. Wow.
0: <laughs> and so your mom did this for you even though she had to go with this? She did. Do you think that um she did it because she didn't want you to go with the other mom or did she do it because Just because she wanted to go to the thing that you were going to.
1: She, I mean, she wanted to take me. She knew I wanted to go really bad. I don't think she really knew anything about the other.
0: Oh, so this was just kind of a surprise when she got there. Yeah. Your poor mother.
1: I know. She's a saint.
0: (laughs) Saintly, awesome mother. Wow. And as a kid, as a 12 year old, did you see that like realization or did you, did it get weird?
1: It well okay so I had the time of my life. I'm like standing on my chair singing along. Woohoo! My mom sat there perfectly still the entire time. Like didn't say a word. Let me have my fun. Took me home.
0: (laughs) Did she? uh, Did she just not like rock music, or was it because of the situation?
1: I think it was the situation. Oh, that's rough. I mean, she. I don't think she was a big Van Halen fan, but
0: (laughs) well, who else played?
1: Uh shoot, I don't. I think it was Whitesnake. White
0: Snake. White Snake open for Van Halen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: She didn't like them either. No. <laughs> nope. No.
1: I think I think the Van Halen. My dad had the 1984 record, so I think that she yeah. associated that with him. So she was just like, whatever.
0: <laughs> <sighs> the White Snake Van Halen. That's awesome. Okay, so that that was your first concert. That was my first. Concert. But what was your first show? So
1: my first like show. Hmm. Well, I mean like a local show, like we went I went and saw Lebansky right at right after that. And that's like What a band? Lebansky. Lebansky. Like a Portland local legend.
0: <laughs> okay. And so you you did that like at twelve?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like right after that.
0: So once you'd seen live music, you were in. Oh yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And not see I mean, I think there's a lot of people that grow up and they go to concerts because they get to go to concerts, but that doesn't always mean that those people are now gonna go to shows. Right. That's a there's a big difference.
1: So and when I went to see and this is all my dad's influence, like he always took me to plays and he wanted me to see live stuff. And so he took me to see Lebansky and like being at a small show, I was like, Oh, like you you're in close proximity to these people playing music. Like, you, this is real. Like, these are real people. They're doing it for a living. They're not superstars, you know? Like
0: Wait, you had that understanding at 12 yeah. years old? Oh, yeah. That's huge.
1: From going from, like, Van Halen yeah. to seeing Levansky. It was, like, two or three months after Van Halen that I was just like, wow, this is real.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> and then, so, after that, were you going out to stuff regularly? Yeah. From 12 on mm-hmm. and because your father was taking you.
1: uh, Yeah. Well, in the beginning and then my mom took us to a lot. My friend Jen's mom took us to a lot.
0: What was the first thing you went to on your own
1: mm-hmm. where you
0: got there on your own?
1: Well, I think God, I don't even remember. I don't even remember I, we went to a show. I remember being at the, the Coliseum in Portland. I remember my dad dropping us off and he worked shift work and he worked in Oregon City. And he was going to pick us up like afterwards, but then he had to like work over and we were wandering around Portland trying to find phones to use, to call him. Wait, what year is this? I don't even remember. It was high school. It was probably, no, it might've been like.
0: Pre-cell phone.
1: Yeah. Pre-cell phone. He's supposed to
0: come get you. Yeah. But then he's stuck at work. Yeah. So the plan doesn't work. So you're, so you're waiting to get picked up. At like
1: midnight around Portland. So like what, like a
0: half hour goes by you're like, oh no.
1: Yeah. Like we need to find a phone, so we were like wandering. Like and we went this to... is how it used to work. Yeah, we went to like a hotel and asked if we could use their phone and hang out in their lobby and <laughs> <laughs> wait for my dad to come get me.
0: <laughs> and which show was that?
1: I don't remember what show it was,
0: but it was some I have rock no thing. No idea. Yeah. So you were big hair in a jean jacket with a back patch, mm-hmm. going to the hotel. Holy
1: jeans. <laughs> <laughs> High tops. <laughs> hang out in Portland. Yeah. Dodging skinheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and so um, how did you, how did that resolve?
1: Um, I never, uh, like my dad finally came to get us. Like I called him at got- work and he was like, stay there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That and was the, that was the way.
1: Yeah. There was, there's, a, there's some strange, like, yeah. When uh, my uh friend's mom took us to see, I think it was Bon Jovi. They took us in the Cobra because they had a Cobra Mustang and we thought we were hot shit. And, uh, concerts over, we're going out to the car. She had left the lights on. <laughs> so we had to find huh. all these like cute, like long haired dudes to help push the car and <laughs> get it started.
0: <laughs> right. Do they get uh, jumper cables? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that, we were, that like, wouldn't be freshmen. the worst place to, to find dudes that knew about cars. Though. Oh yeah, totally. Like, they were probably pretty stoked. Yeah. <laughs> hey ladies. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> if they didn't say can we give you a jump, they weren't doing their job.
1: <laughs> well, we were with my friend's mom. So, they, you know. Well, they could have been there with their friend's dad. They had to be, you know, decent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: seeing a, I'm seeing you're shaking your head, Rich. You agree. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Those dudes failed. Fail, right? <laughs> failed. You would hit on the mom first cuz she's the older one and like, "Oh, cool." Plus, man, it's
0: going to s- charm the mom, right? Yeah, did- charm
3: the, "Hey, this is you. Know, hey, mom." Like, "Can you take your daughter out?" god. <laughs> I never had it like that. So that <laughs> was, I, was
0: I wish the sound me. of an eye roll would come through the microphone.
1: <laughs> I don't think that like, I don't know, Portland Oregon rockers had that much class.
0: Who was it, Amanda? <laughs> Yeah, I was Londa.
3: Yeah, Londa was cool with head like <laughs>
0: why not, you know? <laughs> how, so how far away was Portland from where you were living?
3: Uh
1: it's like forty five minutes okay. north. Yeah.
0: But you still have to I mean, there wasn't like like public transit that would get you there, right? You had no. to have a ride.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Alright. Yeah. There was public transit in Portland, but not
0: Right. You still have to get yeah. to it. Now, when did you get out on your own? When did you actually start driving?
1: I didn't start driving until like, like right before I graduated high school. Okay. Yeah. I graduated when I was 17, so I was a little early on okay. <laughs> and I didn't have a car until. Now, did you
0: graduate because you did advanced classes or, did, or just because that's the way your the birthday worked out?
1: That's the way my, well, I, my birthday's actually after the deadline, but I got in early, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I was in smart kids classes until Sixth grade <laughs> until
0: rock and roll
1: until sixth grade <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> until the devil got you and um okay and that so you didn't you you did get your license right around the time you graduated yeah did you, did you take driver's ed or just because you were 18 you were i did
1: license? take driver's ed both my parents had stick shifts and mm-hmm. my mom drove a forerunner and i couldn't get it into gear right ever so then my dad had to teach me and my dad's a horrible teacher because he's just like woohoo have fun
0: <laughs> which okay horrible teacher but maybe you learned some things that way that and other he kids
1: drove think. an rx7 so <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay did they take you to the parking lot and just said go for it
1: yeah pretty much that's and- awesome But then my mom was like, no, you're taking legit like lessons. So I drove with a driver with the had the brake on the other side. And
0: sure. Well, that's how well, that's what when you do the driving instructing instructor in driver's ed. Yeah. They have that. Yeah. you And was it in through the high school or was it a private? private. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. They didn't actually teach us how to drive in our driver's ed classes. Like they reviewed like all the laws and stuff and no driving. Oh, yeah. I don't know why.
0: I was telling someone this last night, uh, the driver's ed class that I took when I was 16, uh, the first day in, the teacher said, I do not want any of you on the road with me. I don't believe you should be allowed to drive. (laughs) It it makes me mad to think that I have to be in danger because you will be allowed to have a driver's license. I want to fail every single one of you. If you miss (laughs) any assignment or even late, you're done.
1: Oh, wow. I will
0: do everything in my power to keep you from having a driver's license. Try to pass my class. (laughs) You're like, oh, Oh, it just it was the best. I hate to say this, (laughs) but like it was probably the first time I ever had to like really go, oh, it's up to me now. And like, you're going to get it. (laughs) And I did. And I don't know any other kids in the class with me that didn't get it. Like they didn't come through. Everyone stepped up to that plate. And I kind of felt like, well, Maybe this is weird, but maybe more things should be this way. And then I
1: psychology kind of
0: like, I don't know. It's weird. I became a better student across the board because of that. So it was weird. I I don't know. It's almost like, you know, like the, the rocker kid that gets sent to like the military Academy and then like finds his like best inner self or something.
3: (laughs) I think having a car at a teenage age is like a right of freedom. So like, this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. So that's why, you felt... It was. I don't yeah. know if they're even
0: allowed to anymore.
2: No. No.
0: <laughs> nope. Yeah. I mean, I was still... I was still in that time. This was the 80s. This would be 87. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like... The, you know, car culture and like the idea of like Greece and American graffiti and stuff like that was just what everybody ate up. And like, you know, I, we had a... Pro- I grew up in Bellingham. We had a cruising problem when I was in high <laughs> yeah, school. They had, had to a make a lot... Long- you had a cruising problem in your town? Yeah. How many people in that town? How big was it?
1: Well, okay. The, we had a cruising problem in Salem, which was okay. where I went to high school
0: or close to... Is that close? Do you think you think that's comparable to the size of Bellingham? Yeah.
1: Mm. It might be a little bit bigger than a little bit bigger. than Yeah. But did
0: they have to make rules like you could your your car can only go down this street twice an hour?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was all these weird.
0: (laughs) It's like, this is insane. This is to stop the high school kids that just got their licenses from driving around in circles. (laughs) It's a problem. We have to do something about it.
1: (laughs) Let them practice driving around in circles. For God's sakes.
0: I don't know that that exists in the country anymore. Probably not. Well, Keenan Votolato just got have, his license, but he can't. Uh, you can't have
1: your friends in the car,
0: right? Yeah, he can't drive by himself. He has that, like he's passed, but he can't. It's like six months now of only. Uh, it's like only having your learner's permit when you actually have your license at first.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I had. It's
0: a, probably much safer <laughs> and better for all of us. Oh yeah, but
1: you can't pile a you know four hundred teenagers into a car. <laughs> Which we did all the time.
0: Yeah, totally. We get in all kinds of great trouble.
1: Yeah. I mean, my who's mom... gonna,
0: listen, who's going to drive to go get the beer? That's what I'm saying.
1: Sit in the parking lot and bribe some poor soul to get you beer.
0: <laughs> those are totally. small town problems. Are those small? Well, yeah, because Sorry. the guy who dropped the New York stuff earlier, like you, you actually had like a train you could get on. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we did not have that out here. Small town problems. well and and even even if you were in a bigger town here it's kind of west coast problems a little bit i suppose
3: no I friends in the midwest have the same problems like cruising and like what's that
0: yeah I don't know that. oh wait a minute maybe you misunderstood cruising was not a problem <laughs> <laughs>
3: maybe in your time th- i mean <laughs> oh. i only found out about cruising 1819 when i hung out with my friends on long island and that's what they did and like this sucks
0: well, <laughs> now was long island the equivalent of a small town in for new york from
3: new york yeah, yeah. it was the suburbs <laughs> definitely the suburbs right i mean i'm not saying i lived on top of the empire state building that kind of city boy but like it's definitely there's neighborhoods and you can can tell like <laughs> the reverberation due to the public transportation being limited out to a certain right. point. They're like, okay, this is no man's land for...
0: Well, and I've, I mean, I'd I've, i I've been in Long Island, like, with Undertow in, like, 93. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely like, oh, this seems more familiar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's movies. There's that movie, Amongst Friends, that takes place on Long Island. I've never seen that. It one. was, like, a 90s indie, like, kind of gangster thing. Up and coming.
3: <laughs> From Long Island? <laughs> I'm sorry. That No,
0: and that's actually... That's actually kind of the point of it. Okay, is their Long Island friends, and then one of them kind of goes in the city and gets like involved with people, and then one goes and becomes like a traveling like motorcycle riding guy. And <laughs> it, it, they all kind of come back together when they're a little bit older, and there's issues.
3: I gotta, see, you gotta see that.
0: I don't know that hmm. it's good, and so, I may have even gave it just described it too much totally credit. wrong. Yeah, it kind of s-
3: sounds like. Me and my friends who I grew up with, so, I mean,
0: you probably You probably (laughs) should watch it just to see if you recognize locations and and if any of it rings true. Okay. It was kind of like, it was like one of those, like, uh, indie, like, uh, festival darling type films around the time when Tarantino was becoming a big deal. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: I'll definitely check it out. Hey, guys, I got to break in for a second. Please listen to this ad. It's not really so much an ad. It's more like a good cause. It's only a few seconds. Give it a listen. We'll get right back to the show. Thanks.
2: By
1: signing up for a recurring monthly donation to 100 for Haiti, you can give people in rural Haiti access to clean water and help them live safer lives. A little can go a long way. Find out more about our work at 100forhaiti.org. That's all spelled out, 100forhaiti.org.
0: All right, so so small-town problems. What made you decide that you were going to leave this town that you grew up in with your friends, that, all the stuff that you did?
1: Uh, I th- my um, best friend's dad lived in Bellevue. So a couple times we had come up over like a holiday or whatever to visit him. And he took us to the market and stuff. And so I in saw... In Bellevue,
0: Washington. Then he'd take you into Seattle. Yeah. To go yeah. to like Pike Place Market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, this place is awesome. I want to live here. Right. And so that was implanted in my brain. And then, like, you know, the whole art thing and going to the Art Institute. and.
0: Now, what about grunge?
1: <laughs> so, high school, total butt rocker up until, like, the... Well, okay, so I loved Mother Love Bone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so but how did
0: you discover Mother Love Bone?
1: They're butt rockers. I don't know. They're a metal band. I okay. d- dug deep. <laughs> I've always dug deep. Um, So, I love Mother Love Bone. And so, Pearl Jam was, like, you know the next you know it presented itself to me and i felt right, in and then love. pearl
0: jam was there for everybody to discover like, yeah that that record came out and jeremy was on the radio and yeah. you, and then everyone was like oh this thing sucks but then if you actually listen to that record you're like eh, maybe it's a little better than that so good <laughs> so good <laughs> i had some real headbutting arguments with some friends by just suggesting that pearl jam wasn't that bad of a band At the time when it came out. And I had some, like, real punk rocker friends who were just like, no.
1: Like, the same (laughs) way that, like, Motley Crue changed, like, I fell in love, like, I fell in love with Pearl Jam halfway through my, well, it was probably- And it was
0: not Nirvana, it was Pearl Jam. It was Pearl Jam. Okay. Um, No, did you just, did Nirvana just miss you?
1: No, no, no. I liked Nirvana. I wasn't, like, die hard. I didn't think they were the greatest thing ever. Okay. Um... But, like, my senior year, like, the, I wouldn't call them the popular kids, but, like, the senior prank was that they spray painted the entire school with, like, Pearl Jam graffiti.
0: (laughs) Okay, so just so we're clear, the senior prank was a massive graffiti job on the school? Yeah. Like, like real paint? Massive property damage?
1: They cleaned it up pretty well, I think, but yeah. But it was definitely property damage.
0: So what lyrics did you put up?
1: Uh, I didn't do it. (laughs) I had no idea, like, in high school, we did have that separation of, like, the only thing that brought us together was the art classes.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But that's when, like, I realized, you know, these, this group of kids is the same as me. Like, they like the same music. And I kind of, I changed a lot my senior year. Like, I did a 180 and I was, like, all about Pearl Jam and red hot chili peppers and
0: (laughs) okay and that brought you in contact with other people in your school who you didn't know before yeah and those were the more popular
1: kids mm, i don't want to say there were more popular kids but like in my mind they were like the cool kids right because you know they you know dress nicer and
0: (laughs) interesting so you weren't involved in the graffiti so you just walk into your school and it's like this is awesome you already knew the songs you yeah knew the st- and so it was just yeah. like this it was is a, the
1: first day of school and I was like wow you know like this is cool and so then I you know I started listening to the music more in classes and stuff and people started paying attention to like my artwork and then kids were asking me like oh what are you listening to what are you listening to and then it was like more you know smashing pumpkins sonic youth like all that kind of stuff
0: And that <laughs> and and honestly like smashing pumpkins had a a broad appeal but sonic youth like you'd already listen to stuff like suicidal yeah because you were a skateboard kid so it wasn't weird it wasn't like oh what am i listening to here no it it wasn't weird at all
1: it was like my just like a natural progression okay and then (laughs) that
0: makes sense like smashing pumpkins becomes a big deal and this is still prior to siamese dream coming out gish is what's out yes so you were into gish
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: can't argue with that Yeah, fantastic record
1: so, yeah, halfway through my senior year, like, I'm starting to get noticed by all the, you know, boys that I had crushes on and, like...
0: Oh, they're crushing back?
1: Yeah, well, <sighs> I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> they're, they're paying attention to me. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely uh, Pearl Jam was a life-changing band.
0: <laughs> and so then you connected with all these people and then left them?
1: Yeah. Well, okay, so my friend Melissa, who I went to L.A. with... Um, She, I mean, she was with those people. (laughs) So we became really good friends at that time. And like, I was only going to school half days. I would get out at noon and go to work or we'd go to her house and watch movies.
0: (laughs) Okay. What what was your first job?
1: Uh, My first job I got when I was 14. Okay. It was at Dippin' Donuts and I was a busser.
0: (laughs) And you were 14 and they let you work there? Uh I got
1: my workers permit at 14.
0: All right. And And you, so you cleaned off tables at Dippin' Donuts? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long did you do that? I think it was a couple of years.
0: And you did it after school?
1: Did it after school. And even when we moved to Kaiser, when I was in high school, my mom would drive me back down to go to work. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or up. From 14. That's, that's. I mean, that's much more. Did did you know a lot of kids that worked like that?
1: Uh, my best friend got a job with me, so.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I mean, I guess my, my dad was like, you're going to work.
0: So keep me out of trouble. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> so what, what was your job in high school?
1: Uh, I worked as a busser at a different restaurant called McGrath's.
0: Okay. So, and you did that up through the end. Yep. All right. Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what were you saying? You were, how did you get out?
1: Oh, how did I get out? So, um, I, I mean, I didn't really leave them. Like I was with Melissa. So, and, uh, friend of ours who had graduated the year before zane had already moved to seattle and was going to the art institute so we like for prom we came up to seattle we didn't go to prom right (laughs) um you know i wasn't really all those people were getting out
0: oh Uh, is it a place that people get out of
1: oh yeah if you stay in salem you do meth (laughs) okay (laughs) So you have to leave or you will never
0: leave. (laughs) Like, I guess it's a little like Bellingham.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. I don't know if that's exact, if it's exactly the same. Maybe it's a little easier for people to get out of Salem. Eh. (laughs) Eh?
1: You're still, I mean, Portland's a little in closer proximity. So, but back then Portland wasn't that cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When did it get cool? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's probably cooler now,
1: like five years ago, Yeah,
0: exactly. like there's some, there's actually some cool things about Portland at this point, yeah, yeah, I, th- I have reached a point in my life where I no longer just talk shit about it if anyone <laughs> brings it up. Now I'm kind of like, all right my sister lives there. It's, it's it seems all right for her,
1: yeah. I mean, when we moved back from New York, we were we didn't know where we were gonna live. It was just wherever we got a job. Mm-hmm. I was gonna stay with my mom. So we were looking now to- you're
0: now you're talking now when you yeah, move.
1: yeah, okay. like, Three years ago.
0: Right.
1: Um, but we were okay with wanting to live in Portland. but got a job in Seattle, so we came back.
0: Well, <laughs> we didn't care where we were
3: going to go. I felt, we felt, well, we felt like, yeah, well, we got each other. We got the dog. We got our stuff.
0: Yep. Put down <laughs> roots somewhere. Yeah, whatever. Well, I'm glad it was here.
1: Yeah. Well, I took him to Portland. He was like, it's all right. <laughs> it's not like Portlandia.
0: <laughs> it's not, but then it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little bits and pieces. <laughs> all right, so... You, the LA thing is interesting though, because you thought you were going to go there and stay. No. Oh, you did. You just no. always knew it was more like a vacation.
1: Yeah. Cause I knew that I, it, I had goals. Like, you know, I knew I wasn't going to stay there. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to. But you okay. Art. But
0: when you went to LA, you had not yet applied for school.
1: I had applied. I hadn't finalized anything.
0: Okay. So there was still an idea that that LA could be the thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, my friend Melissa, I was madly in love with her. She was everything. Like, so um, we could have survived anywhere.
0: <laughs> right, just th- you and her against the world. Kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. yeah.
1: Until until I got there, and I was like, oh, we have no place to
0: live. Oh, and okay. w- was that a was that a real like culture shock? Because you'd been going to Portland and Seattle, but LA is a lot different.
1: Yeah, it. I mean. I don't know. I feel like I could survive anywhere, I guess, but uh
0: You met some interesting people while you were there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Any that you feel like bringing up?
1: <laughs> I <laughs> Are you baiting me?
0: <laughs> well, I could just lead this conversation into it, or we could just or you could just Fine. you could just um suggest if you want, or we could not have it in there. <laughs> so,
1: um a couple of the the bands that we were staying one of the bands was el magnifico and one was transcendental Ride. and um through these this group of guys um we met some porn stars and, <laughs> and well, so
0: what part like where where were you actually staying in the la area
1: uh i want to say labrea okay was um
0: But you weren't in like the the porn area, the valley or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But you told me. Back then,
1: I didn't know where anything was. I just got there. You
0: told me that you met Ron Jeremy.
1: Yes. So because um, Melissa and I decided to get the hell out of there and come. Well, we went home first and then we came up here. But Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to get some money to get a bus ticket back and get all of her shit back and um so our friends wait hold
0: on before before we go any further right now everyone is wondering (laughs) if you're about to tell a story about getting into porn (laughs) and i know what the story is but everyone listening is like oh my god what is carrie whitney talking about go on
1: Uh, okay so through friends of friends and people that we hung out with this lovely three weeks in L.A. Um, one of them was making a porn.
0: <laughs> and you needed money for a bus ticket. <laughs> what yes. happened?
1: So um, they all knew that I was an artist. <laughs> I did finger quotes there. Um, so I got asked to paint or design a logo and paint a sign that was a backdrop for this movie, and it's called Hollywood Studs. So
0: you were a set designer? I
1: was, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the relief from Rich.
1: <laughs> he knows the <laughs> and
0: story. And <laughs> this is how you met Ron Jeremy, because he was this in is, the movie that you made? He
1: was in the movie, and um, we actually had to hold one um, of those cue cards with the lines on them.
0: For it was wait, wait wait so you were you actually you were like the guy on SNL who's holding up the the yes. key cards for the host. Yes,
1: it was only for the scene. Like it was a takeoff of the game show. Um, Hollywood Squares. Was it? No, no. no it no.
0: was called studs. It was
1: called studs. Yeah.
0: There was a so. there was a brief period of time when like Arsenio was on TV where I think right after Arsenio the there was a game show called studs. Yeah, yeah. There's three guys on the couch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Yes. Um so we only held the the cards with the lines on them during the game show scenes. And
0: Did you clear the, then you had to clear the room for the filming?
1: No, they did the filming like in other people's houses and stuff. So we were only there in the warehouse. Like I didn't see any
0: <laughs> You didn't see anything except you did meet Ron Jeremy.
1: I did meet Ron Jeremy. I did see him twirl his thing around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, that's the thing. If they weren't filming any of those scenes, is he just the kinda of guy that just walks up and says, Hey, check this out. No, no, no. He's from Queens. <laughs> it oh was... yeah. <laughs> hometown boy, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was part of a scene where he was showing off his stuff, you know.
0: And and was he was he reading his lines off your cue card?
1: Uh, I don't think so at that time, no.
0: He just memorized it because he's a um, a pro.
1: Well, my friend Melissa was helping, so. (laughs) I don't remember what I was doing then.
0: (laughs) So... Without details, it is fair to say that you moved. You you left your small hometown in Oregon, came to L.A., got briefly involved in porn and then fled the Los Angeles (laughs) area. Yes. That is legitimate.
1: That's legitimate.
0: Okay, but now we know the deeper part of the story. (laughs) (laughs) I had heard this story and was fascinated by it. There was a. uh, Did
1: you hunt down the video? I didn't
0: hunt it down. So you it told down me, for me that you were involved in a movie called Hollywood Studs, mm-hmm. and you told me the story about Ron Jeremy. There was a little um, mini mart next to the Globe, which was a vegan restaurant on Capitol Hill, Stupid. and I was buying like candy or something at this at this mini mart and i looked up and right behind the guy there was a row of vhs tapes like behind the counter Uh right like like below the cigarettes (laughs) and the only one i could read was hollywood studs and i was like (laughs) oh hey man you gotta let me see that videotape and i you know it's eight bucks or something and it's like i think i think this is carrie's movie (laughs) i think I think so. I, I didn't
1: know it presented itself to you. I thought you no, sought it out. No,
0: no, and, and this was even even this was pre the ability to do that on the internet. Oh, like we had yeah. just, I mean, the internet was so. This would have been like 1996. Yeah. yeah. So it, I had internet, but there were no, there was no worldwide Web. I could send no. things to. We I had could send boards. emails to people, and there were the uh, like the AOL chat rooms. Like, that's pretty much it. So I couldn't really, you know, even if I had wanted to, but it just popped out at me because there it was. And I thought, well, what's the what are the odds that this place right by my home where I go (laughs) get biscuits and gravy has Carrie's movie? And you were in Kansas City.
1: Oh, so it was 97.
0: So I bought the movie and then I sent it to you in the mail.
2: Okay.
1: And then
0: you call me and you're like, what the hell?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but there's actually one more funny part of the story. And the only reason I felt like telling it, because there is one funny part of this, is because then you watched the movie. Yeah. And discovered, since you hadn't seen... No. ...the scenes that they filmed... That I
1: had no idea. I knew, knew it was out there, but like legitimately. That a
0: futon that appears in the movie was the same futon that you'd been sleeping on oh, while yeah. you were standing oh, yeah. there. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so you'd been sleeping on one of the props.
1: <laughs> yeah. hmm
0: <laughs> Okay. I mean, you look like you haven't heard this part of the story. I didn't hear this part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you You guys were credited in the credits of the film.
1: Um, We were, but not with our names.
0: No, they gave you a, yeah. a special a special porn name for it. What was it?
1: Terrible, terrible. Um this fucking bull dyke's one and two. <laughs> so I know
0: this part of the story. Is there a, So what I'm wondering is you have I believe you have an IMDb credit for being in my film cuz you're in The Edge of Coral. Yeah. And I wonder if I go to IMDb and click your name no. does it is it also known as this fucking I mean, bull dyke number 2?
1: We should list that. We but... could
0: I, we could fix that up to make sure you get your proper deal. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> I mean, I have to. This is my roots.
0: <laughs> so that's amazing. So you flee porn yes. to come to, to go to school in in Seattle. Yeah. So that's your, your twisted path towards the place where I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you come to Seattle in 92. Yeah, I'm still in Bellingham.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you get a job at Tower Records. Yes, immediately.
1: Uh yeah.
0: So you're, yeah. you're, you're enrolled in school. Mm -hmm. And you're working at Tower Records. Mm -hmm. Which Tower Records?
1: The one on Mercer. On Mercer. That's a QFC.
0: Yeah, it's a QFC now. (laughs) They're all gone and they were so awesome. Um, Okay. How long did you have that job?
1: Uh, I had it. There was a brief period. So I dropped out of the Art Institute in 93 or kind of like mid 92, I guess 93 um, and moved home. And worked at Ranch Records. Okay, but, so, so you did. You came here. So I worked left. at Tower. I left. I went home. I worked at Ranch Records for like three months, and then I moved back. Right. And started working at Tower again. At so Tower there again. was like, yeah. So it was probably like two and a half, three years.
0: Okay, and then you left Tower under some sort of shady circumstances.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've heard. I've I've seen you reference this recently on Facebook. What happened? Because they had
1: that Tower like documentary thing on. Um, oh, that's right.
0: There, are you in that?
1: No, no. Just may remember everything, but uh, I... So, after working there for a while, I became the video rentals manager, Mm -hmm. and... Because
0: um, of your background in video, in in (laughs) video production.
1: I don't think I would put that on my resume.
0: They didn't even know?
1: (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so, I mean, everybody stole from Tower Records. I mean, they paid you shit, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, but so video rentals. But you weren't stealing. I wasn't stealing. Video rentals are free for employees Mm -hmm. unless you're late. So you pay the late fees if you turn them in late. So I was, you know, if somebody brought it back and they were like, oh, I just found it, you know, whatever, I'd take their late fees off. If they were employee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, they're all we're all under the same, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: You were looking out for your people, for your yeah, team. Yeah. You could have even called it a team building exercise.
1: Totally. And
0: then you got fired for it.
1: Yes. Oh, Fire well, and the, the kicker was that I took my own late fees off. Uh, and it was like eighty bucks. So I got <laughs> Okay. I got fired for all of that.
0: <laughs> they didn't they didn't like give you a warning. They just yeah. unceremoniously booted you out the door. Yeah. Sucks, yeah. Well, you know, then they went out of business. I know. Well, they might not have.
1: <laughs> I was building team.
0: Clearly, they were making rash decisions <laughs> without considering the full extent of them, yeah. <laughs> and that led to the demise of their company. You were just a victim along the way,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Cool, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm glad we sorted that out,
1: <laughs> yeah. But working at Tower was. Awesome. I worked with awesome people. I got into awesome music there, watched awesome movies. I don't know.
0: When did you come back to Seattle from moving home?
1: It was still 93.
0: 93. So fall 93?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: How many months were there of you living in Seattle before you came into contact with my people?
1: (laughs) With your people. That I don't know. It was probably like, you know, 93. So it probably wasn't very long. I probably moved back at the end of the summer in '93, and then met you in April.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah. And who?
1: I was still working at Tower when I met you.
0: Oh, you hadn't you hadn't lost the job yet. No. When did you lose the job?
1: It was probably not long after that. I don't beginning remember. of the summer.
0: You weren't working there in the summer.
1: Mm, I don't remember. I was still working there because that's how that's how I went got invited to the Undertow show. It was a friend of my friend Robin, so we like. That's how I, you know, ended up there. It was probably like a two weeks later because I was already entrenched in hardcore, and they were like, "You don't want to work here
0: anymore." <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So you're you're okay. You're getting involved with our scene. Yeah. Actually, took you out of the culture of Tower Records. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "No." Yeah. Well. Then I'm sorry, but also... We I'm got nonconformant. You, we got you out of something that was going to go bad.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It was, it was going bad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so you basically just like made the scene and boom. It seems like you just like met everybody. Yeah. And then you were living in a house that was one block off Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, like right off the same street I was living on, like a few blocks the other basement direction. Basement of that house. A basement of that house. Yeah. And your house became one of a number of like meeting points oh
2: yeah
1: <laughs> there were
0: different that summer's this there's this magical summer of 1994 which has all these amazing things that happen and all these terrible things that happen oh yeah and a lot of that was centered around your basement <laughs> uh, your basement uh, not apartment but your basement house yeah basically yeah and so you could it was one of like three places you could go to and just see who was hanging out like yeah
1: people knew how to break in
0: People know how to break into yeah. your house. It was more just like, like I would come a home and people spot. would just be hanging out. <laughs> and you have various different people that we knew, like moving in and out as roommates and stuff uh-huh. at different times. Mm-hmm. And then you were in. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, you were straight edge. Yep. Do you remember that whole thing?
1: Of course. Remember
0: the day, what was the date that you claimed straight edge? Oh,
1: God, I don't remember that. I remember I was with you in and Canada. We were walking, like in a park somewhere.
0: We were in Canada.
1: And like, we were talking about it and you're like, so are you straight edge? And I was like, I guess. I
0: said, are you straight edge? Because you made a straight edge bead necklace. Do you remember? I don't remember that. We went someplace (laughs) up in Vancouver, BC. We were up there for a show. It was probably strain or spark marker. Mm -hmm. And there was like some place that we were at where they had beads and we bought a bunch of beads with clasps and there was like black and white beads. They almost looked like Christian beads, but they were smaller. And there were X's and I think you made one with three X's on it. And then I was like, all right, what's the deal? Cause it's like, I do. Is... I
1: remember the necklace because it has, it, it broke at a very strange time. <laughs>
0: oh, wait, it, how, when did it break?
1: Uh, wait,
0: is this a story you can tell on the podcast? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, okay.
1: Um, So it was like when uh Mark Holcomb was in shift and they were in town.
0: Okay. And... Mark from undertow moved out to the East coast and joined a band called shift. Yeah. And then they were on tour and they came back out and played here.
1: Yes. And so we went to meet him. I don't even remember what year this was. It has to be like 2000,
0: 99? No, no, for shift?
1: 99?
3: Major label shift, yeah.
1: Holcomb was major label shift.
3: He was major label shift.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but think about how much time goes between the end of Undertow and when he came out to the East Coast.
1: Well, that's what, 95 to... 2000 2005 years it's a long time in our brains but
3: it was a big deal on the east coast when the shift <laughs> was a big deal well, yeah. when they were major labels.
0: All right so, so
1: we went to go meet him
0: okay i feel like it was i'm i feel like it was 97 early maybe even 96 but i'm i will clear this up in the yeah. uh, in the the cuz i'm going to have to find out he it's may have
3: joined right after Space Suit, which was released around that time toward they wrote the record, and then re- got yeah. signed to a major. That sounds like about right. right.
0: Yes. But he there was a shift, like three-song record that came out that everyone was listening to. Mark wasn't on that. And then he left to join the band. Does that sound right?
3: That, I think that was the last EP for like EVR. That sounds right. And then... Mark joined the band, tore on that record cuz that's when they were getting
0: But I'm thinking tours. of where I'm thinking of where I lived when I had that record and that was when I lived at the Bonneville the the place I've been talking about close mm-hmm. to your place. Mm-hmm. I moved out of that place in the end of 95 or in the no, 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 in the in the summer of 96 I moved out of that
1: because place because Shift played the Aurora House and that was 90 like late 95 to like 99
0: Right. That means that early 97 fits within that timeline.
3: Yeah.
0: We'll figure We'll figure it out. I don't out. know.
3: But I also <laughs> think, knowing my music, that they probably released a major label
0: EP. They did. And it had a song like, called, like, Pineapple or something on something it. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Mark <laughs> said it was his favorite song to play. See how yeah. I remember?
3: <laughs> so, it, the, linear, the Linear is... The linear,
0: so, somewhere in there. So, okay. But the, the necklace. This is about the necklace. Okay. Sorry.
1: So... That's, no,
0: it's, you can chime in, man.
1: I mean, I was underage for, I became straight edge when I was 19. I turned, well, I, when I turned 21, I was living with Eric Kinder in the basement apartment. Yeah. So I don't think I'd been in a bar. Like, and I, you know, once I turned 21, I had no reason to go to a bar. Like, well, we, because
0: you were going to all, all ages shows. We did shows all ages show.
1: shows no matter what. And um, so I think we, we were going there to meet. Holcomb and Josh at the bar and I walked into it's what is Julia's now. I don't know what it was back then on Broadway, but I just walked right in and my necklace just shattered.
0: Wait. So the first time you walked into a bar, your <laughs> yeah. straight edge yes. necklace committed suicide. Yes.
1: <laughs> That's why I remember the necklace. That's fantastic. <laughs> Beads everywhere. like
0: <laughs> It's over. It was yeah. just telling you it was over. Yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't over yet.
1: No, no. Right. Not for quite a while, right? Yeah.
0: All right. But that's something. Years. But but did you kind of go, oh, no. Did you think you needed to no, leave?
1: No, I just got a big kick out of it.
0: <laughs> I think I remember now that I heard that story. And at the time, I was probably like, well, you should be listening to
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever go into a bar ever again.
0: But I would go into bars. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, we all went into bars. We all had friends that still drink
0: i didn't like it though
1: yeah i didn't like it either no. i still don't like bars
0: no <laughs> i will go but see it, for, part of the problem for me also on top of the fact that d- the culture doesn't have anything to do with me you mm-hmm. know i've worked in casinos though which are essentially bars so yeah is that i, I can never hear anyone exactly and I have terrible hearing i, I always <laughs> have but so it's it's like okay everyone here is having fun because they're drinking or whatever that's not my deal And then if I want to have a conversation, if I was in a coffee shop, at least I'd be drinking something I liked and I'd be able to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: so. Definitely. (laughs) I definitely, you know, definitely get into that whole crappy Seattle coffee shop thing. That was always my deal. Uh It still kind of is. I can handle bars a little better now (laughs) because no one wants to talk to me now. I don't have to worry about it.
1: The weird hairy guy hanging on the corner. (laughs)
0: There's a strange dude over there. No. Um, Okay. So then that summer was... The summer of 1994 in Seattle, Undertow's LP, At Both Ends LP came out. Mm-hmm. They were playing amazing shows. Mm-hmm. There was just so much cool stuff going on. They were kind of like the center of it, but there was... Strain was coming down. Sparkmark was playing shows. Mm-hmm. Lots of other bands were growing and younger people had come in. And there were, for the first time, there were enough hardcore kids that they thought that they didn't need anybody else. no. You no. came on board at a time of fairly significant change. Yeah. There was... You and I discussed there. there's only a few elements we don't really discuss on this show. <laughs> Those elements came into play in the summer of 1994. Yes. yes. Uh, one specific one. Uh-huh. And there was a real... I mean, I made a movie about punk versus straight edge. <laughs> that was something that didn't really exist.
1: No, it didn't exist at all. Um,
0: Until 1994.
1: No. And it
0: wasn't really punk versus straight edge, but no. it was like, it was the idea that like all these different s- subgenres, like all these different groups were not part of the same underground thing. True. So we had a core group of people that we hung out with.
1: That you could identify and there by were, the t-shirt they were wearing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and there were enough of them that now instead of, and this was my looking in on it, instead of being very open and welcoming to new people... That was a period of time where it became, how do you deserve to be here?
1: I don't think that happened until the next year, like after it happened
0: over the course an increasing amount over that year.
1: Because I feel like when that summer of ninety four, like, I mean, I just felt so like I loved everything, well, you, I loved everyone. Like everyone was so welcoming, and like, you fell
0: in love hard. Oh yeah, but you were welcomed that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it was it all of this was happening at the same time.
1: It's true, it's true.
0: The first time I ever had a bad feeling about it was that July 4th. Oh. And do you remember how much fun we had that July 4th? I... <laughs> it was the July 4th of 1994.
1: Were we like wandering around Capitol Hill? A
0: huge like crew a, a, of straight edge like people, forty John. kids, yeah, yes. And we went to a uh, we went to the the hillside over the freeway mm-hmm. to watch the fireworks, mm-hmm. and that was when the smoke was getting in the way. Everyone was screaming relocate, and then we were all <laughs> we running,
1: running, yeah. All there, and all okay. these
0: other people were laughing, but it was also like none of these other people matter because we're here, yeah. And there was like forty we of us rule the world, yeah. Yes, yeah. Toge- when we were together, we rule the world. Oh yeah, totally. But walking back from that that night. I was just watch, watching everybody and I had this just bad feeling Mm-mm. because there were certain things that were happening. We won't go into because we don't like to talk about a lot of really negative stuff here. But there were certain seeds that were getting planted that ended up sprouting into poisonous bushes yes. like a little ways down the yes, line. Yes. Not everyone there that night was was getting along and they got along a lot worse. Right. Over the coming months. Yes. And that shouldn't have happened. No. I, I always feel that shouldn't have happened. But that was within our group of people. But when
1: you get like that large of a group of people,
0: there's always... And I don't think it's... I don't think it's just ours. I'm not saying there was something wrong with us. It's anything. Yeah. It's anything. But we had enough. It's a problem of growth. Yeah. It's a problem. And so I ended up from that point forward, always taking this position of new people are welcome. Like I wanted... I had to be the guy. I was like, no, this band is really cool. Yeah. What the fuck do they think? No, 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 no. Well, and that's what I had to do
1: too. Because I was like the new kid then. And I was, you know... Totally. You but, had to but, be nice to the other kids.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny because talking to uh, to Ben Rowan in the last episode, you know. He was the he younger was brother the of kid. the guy from Botch, and he got to see what Botch had to go through oh, to yeah. essentially be accepted because Botch come along now in the in the couple of years after what we were describing, and it was very hard oh, yeah. for them to be accepted by some of the people I'm referring to. Oh yeah. And they were they were already really good they by the time really people good. said, I guess that band doesn't suck.
1: Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I remember the first time oh, I name. saw them at the Velvet Elvis and like like i was like all oh, these guys are awesome yeah. but you could see the amazement on like all of the old dudes uh-huh. faces like oh shit <laughs>
0: like oh this band that that show was these a these are turn the new kids point. it was so good i was so excited <laughs> for them too i was like this is what you know this yeah. is what i want yeah um so it was it was just weird because i guess like you just don't have we didn't have any like understanding of of what to do when things got that big, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's not like there's like leadership or, no. <laughs> or rules or anything. It's all just an idea.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, but that it's weird because I feel like I meet you and become friends with you right in the beginning of that. Yeah. So it's kind of bittersweet in a way, like everything about you has always been good.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, stop. Oh, what, what was that? <laughs> that's how I got, I mean, that's Jeez. how I got into hardcore. Yeah. Like. Good and evil balance themselves out, I guess.
0: <laughs> and so what? So sure. Yeah. It, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And you and you are someone who who you were around in my life, like consistently from that point. And you would move away and come back and all these things. But you were you'd, you'd be there, yeah. you know, and that's not true of everyone involved in this, that time frame. So you come into that. You go to your first hardcore show. It's Undertow and Strain and uh serenity at magic Mike's, and it is a phenomenal show i don't know if the video is on online but there's this incredible part during Strange set where there's this never-ending stage dive oh yeah that so many people dive off the stage on top of the crowd at the same time that the crowd collapses (laughs) and it is to this it's one like i I still like get goosebumps thinking about how amazing that show was and so you were just like, all right, I know, I know these like grunge bands, I know these metal bands. Yeah. I listened to Suicidal in junior high, and when you saw that, you were like, I mean, I I'm listened
1: home. to at that point in time, like I knew who Dag Nasty was. I listened to Green Day, like I okay. loved Operation Ivy, I love Rancid, so I was like a pop punk kid. I was the poster child for pop punk at that time, and so, and I just got invited, to the, like you might like this, and <laughs> I walk in and I see this amazing thing happen, and like everybody was so happy. And like undertow played, and their shit was falling apart. And little Dan Dean was holding Murph's drum, like I—he th- was a little kid.
0: Dan Dean was actually a <laughs> like a test case for some people because he was so young but so down. And some yeah. people that were older were like, "That's too young of a kid for me to be hanging out with." <laughs> <laughs> like some of the older people kind of kept stopped coming around.
3: Like That's everybody. My Seattle connection.
0: He's just Seattle for for weed.
3: No. No, go
1: ahead. Are We. He was. <laughs> Where does he... your brain go? No. instantly? Well,
0: well, we had a conversation earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, lead it, lead it. If you're going to talk about Dad Deed, Rich.
3: He was my pen pal when he was drumming for Nine Iron Spitfire. Oh, nice. I got the Nine Iron Spitfire 7th Soul Sacrifice Seven Inch in New York mm-hmm. on Indecision record, on Indecision Records, and I fell in love. And I basically wrote him, "Hey, your band's awesome. You should play New York and they did that following some with ink and Dagger and botch, and we became friends and I became friends with everyone at that point Well, botch and of Spitfire. and then from there what was it, ninety six
0: yeah, and that was your that was your connection to people here yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> did I meet you back then i didn't I didn't tour or
3: anything um until ninety eight um i probably met you in 99 when i first came out here
0: with what band
3: anodyne and um we played the paradox it was with uh Himza akimbo
0: this sounds familiar at the paradox on the on university yep yeah in 99 yep okay the original i probably met you at that show
3: yeah i think but we i think i bought a couple of records from you and we probably like sure like over that. the yeah. years if you were
0: involved in if you were aware of excursion records yeah cool all right well then sorry well that means that, well i just wanted to make sure because that means your voice is allowed to be heard on this podcast oh because if if i didn't know you before the year 2000 that's and i just made a sign that doesn't translate well uh on a sound based thing it was cut a off. yeah it was a cut off with my hand so you're you're legit i won't have to edit edit you out
3: Oh, I'm definitely legit, man. <laughs> so your first
1: experience with Seattle Hardcore was Dan Dean, and my first experience with Seattle c- Hardcore was Dan Dean.
0: <laughs> yeah, was he... <laughs> Roping back into Well, the him. funny thing is, Dan Dean, like, was in high school, and then, like, just started, like, skipping school and shit and, like, living at your house. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the house up on... Off-Broadway. Yes. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, and we... Dan Dean's older brother George Dean had been involved In the scene So we all mm-hmm. knew Dan Dean was like George Dean's little brother And then he was just Dan Dean Very quickly He yeah. wasn't George Dean's Little brother it was Dan Dean. Yeah <laughs> And he was part of the thing
3: <laughs> Too funny He was legacy yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: Exactly Okay So you just like Embraced hardcore At that point And yeah. then became
3: I was sold
1: <laughs> It was the greatest thing I had ever seen
0: <laughs> Yeah Yeah <laughs> and then there was just no turning back from that point. Nope. Okay. You move away from and back to Seattle a number of times.
1: Only twice.
0: It's only twice? Yeah. What was the first one? Kansas City. What year was that? Uh, 97.
1: 1997.
0: And then you moved back when?
1: I moved back at the very beginning of 98 because um, the undertow reunion where Nate broke his hip. Yes. Um, That show I had flown out for to see and decided that night after everyone showed up at the hospital for Nate that I wanted to move back.
0: (laughs) Undertow played. Nate jumped off the stage and broke off the ball. Of his, of his hip and his leg, right? Yeah. It was awful. And we all ended up at the hospital yes, and it was just yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, I do remember being at the hospital yes. for that.
1: Oh yeah, I have pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might have to send me one to put up on the blog page for this. I
1: have a picture of, of Nate in his bed, like me, like, yeah.
0: So you Poor had Nate. already filmed, because this is important. You had already filmed Heartbreak Beat before you left. Yes. Heartbreak Beat is a comedy film starring Carrie Whitney. Mm-hmm. And A couple other, some other dudes.
1: Oh, come on now.
0: Made by no, I mean, but that's let's. We're yeah, doing right. this podcast about you, okay? Right, and right, like right. you're. I mean, I could say <laughs> names of everyone else in it. I'll you know I'll mention a couple people, but it's like it was a local thing. Matt Matsuoka made the film. Mm-hmm. This is a Matt that has a podcast on this podcast network <laughs> called The Token Asian. You can hear his craziness every couple weeks with me.
2: <laughs> um, and he
0: has an episode of this podcast series also of, I've known you too long. There's a, there's a Matt Matsuoka one. It's an episode number 13. He, uh, decided he wanted to make a movie because we watched a movie called walking between the raindrops, mm. um, that a guy named Evan made. Mm-hmm. And Matt was like, uh, I can do this. He, he was like, wait, yeah, I can do this. Exactly. <laughs> I can make a Evan Jacobs, Evan Jacobs, um, Who is a screenwriter who has done all kinds of stuff. He was in a band called Ice also. (laughs) He, uh, hello, Evan. Uh, he, so he, Matt got excited and immediately started filming this movie and throwing it together. And he was like calling me every night and telling me about the script. And he was like, okay, he was trying to do like kind of like a John Hughes type thing. Yeah. Um, and he makes a movie called Heartbreak Beat. He writes this script. Then he decided he didn't have enough. So he was going to put a subplot in it where he was the director, I was the writer, and Greg Bennett was our mob. Are the mobster that was funding the film <laughs> and we would sit around throughout the movie and discuss it discuss it so i got to be involved in this and you were you were very good in it he filmed it in black and white
1: i wouldn't say that i was very good in it but
0: well i would because i, I then asked you to be in my movie True. that i made a couple years later and so what ended up happening is he made that movie it came out it was fun you move away mm-hmm. and then you move back just in time for me to say hey if you're living here you should be in my film.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so you are basically the Matisse is the is the the main love interest in the film, and then you're kind of like the rival girl. Yeah. 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 You get to have some words with her at some point. Never seen it. Ne-
1: well, you know she's a little good.
0: Blue. Wait. I refuse to. You you refuse to watch The Edge of Coral, yes. which is my film. I'm sorry. No. I love you, dude. He doesn't.
1: Dude. He doesn't want to see me make out with Pettibone.
0: <laughs> I made you make out with John Pettybone. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no, we'll just make it look like maybe you did. And they were like, nope. And they just went for it.
3: <laughs> no and John probably. Yeah.
0: Not true at all. <laughs> Not true at all. <laughs> there, there actually is some of the goofing around on the in the extras the on the DVD. <laughs> but uh, no, it was very, uh, you know, close set. I had to get everyone out of the apartment. I'm like, no, this is going to get real. <laughs> no. And then Thanks, Dave. <laughs> you bet, man. And at the same time, you were also making Matt's second film called for the cash where you're the lead i believe in that one yeah it's about you yeah and you're a uh you're some sort of secret agent assassin killer murderer in that movie
1: (laughs) it's a great film
0: it's insane
1: (laughs) it's completely insane but in an amazing way
0: he didn't cast me in the film Mm -hmm. he was actually i think you wouldn't want to admit this. He was a little pissed that I was making edge because he yeah. was the filmmaker guy. Yeah. But whatever, <laughs> yeah. that you yeah. know how people are, right? So <laughs> I, I, my face isn't seen in the in for the cash. However, I do play a ninja, <laughs> and I get to uh, fall off the top of a car with a sword. Yes, so that happens. Now. Yes,
1: and I smash your. Do I roll the car over your head or do I just stomp on your head?
0: I don't know. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure my ninja just to fall off the car is the end of me. Okay. But someone else's head. Naomi's. Does get,
1: Naomi was the she, other ninja. You
0: smash her head apart. <laughs> At one point, you get in a fight uh, in a kitchen with, uh, with Meg. Meg, <laughs> Meg, who used to run the Velvet Elvis, and uh, you—what uh, is it? You smash her. You, you grind her I face grind off with face a off. with a fan. Yes. <laughs> you also get stabbed with a big butcher knife.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now Matt has. He added a bunch of effects to it and he put a clip of that up online. So oh, I'm, yeah? g- I'm going to link the video to what we're talking about. <laughs> so you can see the quality, level of quality of stuff that we're talking about. But <laughs> Carrie kills a bunch of people. Yeah. And then do you die in the end of that movie? Is that what happened? No. You I think don't?
1: I'm all, my, my group. All the Everyone dudes else dies and dies. then you're the one
0: walking away. And the, I put at the, you, fun- you,
1: flowers on the grave. And-
0: two jets to Brazil, Sweet Avenue. Oh, yes. you kn- <laughs>
1: Yes, and The Knife. <laughs> so this
0: is something that people will have a really hard time tracking down because it was released on DVD in, like, Spain by a yeah. company that, like, went out of business. But it's great.
1: It is great. It's really great dubbed in Spanish as well. As, as is Edge of Quarrel.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, because... So the trick with the movies that we worked on is that um, none of us knew what we were doing. and But you'd had some experience, at least. You'd done... I mean, you did three. Yeah. And, you know, or, your earlier work. So... <laughs> so, 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 like but like when when the spanish people came along and they got professional voice actors who actually do voice over dubbing for hollywood films it made the movies look like it actually made it look like these are real movies uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. so i guess my this is why i heard i haven't confirmed it my voice in i think it's edge of coral but it could be wrong it might be another one, one of the other movies but uh is the voice the, the girl that does the same voice for Padme in Star Wars. Yeah. So over there, <laughs> what
0: ends up happening is because I guess in Spain, from what I've been told, they like to hear stuff overdubbed into, into Spanish. They yeah. don't like the subtitles. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is if you work in that industry, the woman who does Natalie Portman's voiceover will do Natalie Portman's voiceover in every film so that there's a consistency. They don't go to one movie and then get thrown because now that person doesn't sound the same. Right. Yeah. So... You are the Spanish Natalie Portman,
2: <laughs> woohoo!
0: <laughs> or Natalie, or or the other way around. However, that actually works out, which is cool.
1: Totally cool. <laughs> Claim to fame. Put that on IMDb.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, we've got to fix up this IMDb <laughs> thing for you.
1: So when you look up Natalie Portman, you see her voiceover, then you'll see my name. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. also known as uh, Fist uh, Number Two. <laughs> Okay. Oh dear! <laughs> so that was so. Then, then you were back. Yep. Yeah. And did these movies? Thank you for suffering through that and, and whatever embarrassment you've had to deal with <laughs> over the years since.
1: I've I've been in uh, Europe with. Look, uh, your husband is
0: so embarrassed he won't watch it.
1: I know. I he needs to watch it though. It's no,
0: not that bad. It's
3: awful. European friends of mine have seen it and yeah. recognized her at shows, and Rich. Is this the same Kelly Whitney from the Edge of Quarrel? And like. Wait, like, what? Wait, wait, wait. What around. accent?
0: What accent was that?
3: What <laughs> This is German accent. Eastern block thing. <laughs> Eastern block. <laughs> Iron Curtain, whatever it is over there. Um, I'm a Reagan baby. Um, oh, oh, dear. So, okay, we were at a Youth Today show at a small venue, and I was just seeing my friend, and. He just pulls me aside and he's like, Rich, I have to ask you a question. And I'm like, what's up? I was standing
1: right behind him. I was standing right behind me, turned around.
3: (laughs) It's like, is the same Carrie Whitney you're going out with the same Carrie Whitney from Edge of Quarrel? And I pull her like towards me and I spin her around. I'm like, hey, Carrie Whitney, are you the same Carrie Whitney from Edge of Quarrel? And he's mortified. (laughs) Like he's seen Marilyn Monroe or something. Stop. And I'm like, really? I'm like, this is... I knew she was in the movie. I knew, like, a lot of people seen it and whatever, but this is the scope she had. Like, this is the effect on... At
1: least I got recognized for being myself. When I was on tour with Good, Clean, Fun, somebody walked up to me, you made out with John Pettibone! <laughs> like,
3: I would cool. rather have the <laughs> s- surprise. I'm not
0: interested in knowing about you from guys you may have <laughs> dated. This isn't about guys you dated. This is about you. <laughs> or guys you may have made out with on film. On film. That I made happen. <laughs> that's all, that's a- that's not uh, that's not what we care about. That's why I don't watch it. <laughs> Cause you're that kind of jealous guy. Quick story you are not. Quick story. <laughs> we were at the chiropractor Friday.
1: Oh stop.
0: And the chiropractor <laughs> said, Is that Carrie Whitney from Edge Coral?"
3: <laughs> Close. That'd be amazing. Uh, I was done first and the chiropractor was adjusting my wife and I looked over and there she was laughing and he was laughing and his hands were I'm like, Wait, <laughs>
0: Oh, you got a little, like... Oh,
3: I got, I got I perked up. Oh, wow. And I was like, no, he's a doctor. <laughs> you know? and
0: he I had to, just
1: like, did the same thing to you?
3: <laughs> and I walked away. I had to, like, couldn't really see it.
0: Really? You had to go cool off. You had yeah. to take a moment.
1: Yeah. That's my All life. Right. Wow. I okay. can never flirt ever again. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to cause, like, a rift here. <laughs> oh, no. It's been there. <laughs> 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 well okay
0: it's funny too because this whole time like w- when when they showed up I had no idea that Rich was going to be here today most people you know these are just one on one and so I was like well what are you going to do are you going to like sit in the other room and watch the game he's like no I'm going to sit in there I'm like oh and he looked really serious and then I'm like oh dude you're going to be like Jon Favreau and like Made at the beginning when he's taking <laughs> like the movie. strippers to the <laughs> and, but the thing is he has been sitting here with his arms crossed looking stern like most of the episode
3: <laughs> oh come on now There's a lot of stuff that you're bringing up that I haven't heard and, like, I'd like to hear it. Well, because you went, like,
1: (laughs) way back.
3: (laughs) No, that's cool. (laughs) Okay. I'm a fly
0: on the wall. Talking. <laughs> I wasn't trying to offend you. you. You really haven't been quite the way I was describing it. But we're supposed to up the, you know, oh. we're supposed to up the drama a little bit. here. Right,
1: if you hear things getting thrown around or anything, no. Smash.
0: Like what you all don't know listening is that this, we've been recording for about three hours and uh, we'll oh, get right shit. into something really good. And then Rich will just like put his hand over the microphone and say, cut it, <laughs> cut it. And so unfortunately, I mean, I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, but really the best of this episode is on the cutting room floor. (laughs) Sorry right, so where are we?
1: (laughs) I have no idea where we are
0: Oh, we've gone up We've gone up through the movies I'm a
1: movie star, yeah You're a movie star You're a legitimate movie star
0: (laughs) Three, like, main roles in.
1: I'm a movie star. Sorry, I'm a zine publisher. I'm a oh, photographer,
0: thank like, you. That's exactly it. Now listen, <laughs> you weren't just someone that was hanging around. And this is an important thing, and it was an important <laughs> thing for the time. You, it wasn't enough for you. And this is what sets you apart. It wasn't enough for you to want to go out to a show and see a show and hang out with a bunch of people oh, that no. you just met. You immediately wanted to do things, yes. and that is the spirit. That made you truly part of what we were doing. Like it was, it didn't need to be explained to you. It was just like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And that.
1: not an observer. (laughs) That is the key.
0: Where did that come from?
1: I was, I mean, I've never been just an observer. I've always, I try to do everything, (laughs) you know, try different things and get involved. But, uh, but, you know, everybody at that show was involved in some way, you know, it wasn't just the band playing,
0: <laughs> and so you were taking photos.
1: I started taking photos. You started
0: yeah. taking photos, and you started not a zine. You started two zines.
1: <laughs> I started it, one zine first, but yeah, almost immediately. So <laughs> yeah, you started yeah.
0: point furthest from the middle. Yeah, which you which was the, what the dictionary definition of the word edge. Yes, <laughs> nicely done, thank you. <laughs> and then you started hardcore maniacs. Yes. Which was why did you call it Hardcore Maniacs?
1: I have no idea. I think it was like, like Animaniacs. You know, no, there is a um, when I was you know a teenage butt rocker. There was a Metal Maniacs. Oh, yeah. that was all photo pinups, and I had my entire room like wallpapered in Motley Crue. So I'm you know had bought my version of Metal Maniacs. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. So you started Hardcore Maniacs to yes. be that version. Yeah. So yeah. that people could have their their rooms pinned up with
1: with kinko's of... photocopied
0: hardcore photos
1: yeah
0: <laughs> awesome so that scene was mostly a photo zine
1: yes it was a complete photo zine
0: okay which you wouldn't see many is like articles in it no and that was just i mean that's one of those things that was just immediately impressive like in <laughs> fact if someone was to be like because there was a because it wasn't long after that that people started being like well why is this person well, yeah what's their credibility What's their credibility it's like oh two yeah. zines yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you do and then whatever you know you're yeah. taking pictures um and that was a, there There were a number of people who were taking photos at the time, but there was just a handful where you knew you were going to get good stuff, you know, and I was doing the record label, I was putting stuff out. Yeah. Um, and so like you and Deanna and Lex became, uh, and, and Elsbeth became mm-hmm. like real invaluable resources mm-hmm. to me to be able to use some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And also you're still doing stuff with it.
1: Yes. <laughs> Are you
0: still taking photos?
1: I, I took some photos here and there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah. you this is something you will do in the future?
1: Oh yeah. I'll no I will never stop taking photos, but I York? think my my uh I took a lot of pictures in New York at Rich's shows. Um but my criteria for being able to take pictures has changed a lot. Well sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be stepped on anymore,
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're all a bit older. <laughs> I get it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so the with all this stuff that you did, you you then Moved the point furthest from the middle into a record label.
1: Kind of.
0: Kind of. But you put out musical releases.
1: Yeah. It was a... It was a... I just did one comp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was a... Like, it was an issue of my zine. Mm
0: -hmm. So. And it was called All About Friends.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Tell us about All About Friends. Tell... What... Explain that whole idea.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think I just... I was living at the Aurora House right before I moved to Kansas City, and um, I just wanted to do something with all my friends, and Jake, you know, I lived with Jake, and he had a recording studio downstairs, so why the hell not?
0: And bands were playing there? Bands played all the time. You've been meeting people for a long time. Yeah,
1: had tons of friends, tons of music that I loved, and, you know, wanted to... Do something with that. (laughs) And so
0: all about friends. uh, My band Screwjack was on it. Mm -hmm. All the other like Northwest bands that could get stuff on there, had stuff on there. It's Mm -hmm. a great comp.
1: There's also East Coast bands on there. There are
0: East Coast bands on there too. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, I mean, at least half if not more was was Northwest, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, but you continued from that. Yes, you put that out Mm -hmm. and you sold a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And then you did Logic Probe. Yeah, you put out a Logic Probe thing. It was it was point <laughs> records at that point, right?
1: I don't remember.
0: <laughs> um, it was. I don't know if it was their first thing they released, but I think they might have even all been CDRs. Yeah, it or was were they... all
1: CDRs, and I just made like the covers. Right, and
0: I pulled songs off that for Edge of Quarrel, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then came back around just in the last few years, and you've done seven inch versions, vinyl versions of yes. stuff that was on the CD. So, now, have you gone through that whole run now?
1: We have not. We are we've done 5. There mm-hmm. there's 7 altogether. Um I started that in New York with Rich's idea. I mean, he he kind of was like I want I want all this stuff but I want it on vinyl cuz we mm-hmm. love vinyl. Yeah. So, I was like I want, you know, wanted to revisit it and and add to it. Like there's a lot that's happened in the last what 15 years since that thing came out. So yeah.
0: Oh, which 16 you've... years? It's uh <laughs> yeah. So it's like 16 years. The um so you the the 7-inch versions these vinyl versions it's the old songs off the comp and new songs. And new songs, yeah. From new from from bands not from the same bands from back then but from like newer bands?
1: Newer bands with same members or different members yeah. just Or
3: related how like our... comes or leave is on the comp? Yeah. Nice. I mean Ben's just everyone's little brother from the scene, you know. Yeah. Sure. So of course, you know, why not ask him and they did a an amazing cover of Magic Man.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been good.
0: <laughs> and, and there's more coming.
1: There are two more coming. Uh, we've had a, we've run into you know life, life. troubles <laughs> and we lost our record printer. Um, yeah. Uh, X. Yeah. And then we did one with United, but they're always booked because of record. record oh, well, the turnaround print.
0: on vinyl right now is insane. It's...
1: Yeah. So we're kind of like, and we have, do such a small run. We do yeah. 150. So it's like.
0: All right, so those are those are out there. Yeah. Now there has been there's two things are going to happen, um, when it comes to vinyl, they're actually expanding vinyl production yeah. abilities around the world. I mean, there's been a couple plants that have opened, which is insane. Like new vinyl pressing plants yeah. is 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 a crazy yeah. idea. United supposedly doubled their capacity.
3: Yep. Or like quadrupled their capacity. Yeah. Jack White <laughs> bought the company and <laughs> he put 40 new presses.
0: Jack White from, from the White, White Stripes. Stripes. Yes. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah. Like he's actually done some amazingly cool stuff too. Yeah. Like, record. He has the world record now for like fastest recording to vinyl.
3: Yeah. He recorded, <laughs> pressed, and distributed within a world record amount of time. Within
0: like five hours or something, yeah. right? It's, it, it's crazy.
3: Which held up uh, number five. Number five.
0: Oh, the, so he screwed you guys over on that. He
3: screwed us and countless other labels. Oh, yeah. Everybody like,
1: got put on hold. Everyone got put on hold, too.
3: <sighs> Accomplish his feet. <laughs> but,
0: but then he bought the plant.
3: Due to the due to that, and then major labels putting more money into it and kind of sure. pushing out the small labels. But
0: people assume that this growth in vinyl pressing and sales is just going to continue unabated. The way that they assume that everything's just going to keep going. Yeah, and it won't. No, no, no. It may on. level off, but I mean, it, I'm not saying it's just going to drop off and no one's going to want vinyl anymore. But it can't just keep growing at the same rate and keep, you know, probably turnaround times are going to come back into realistic.
1: And, like, you you know, as we age and move around and do things, like, nobody can carry around that much vinyl.
3: (laughs) I can't believe we have. Yeah,
0: (laughs) It's just, though, it makes sense to me that that would be the format that would survive.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's the format that nobody ever stole. Like, I've had... Houses broken into countless times, all DVDs, all CDs, mm. you know, nobody steals your records.
0: So I have
1: records from when I was a little kid, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's too, they're too heavy to run off. Yeah. With. But I, I imagine that you'll probably get an opportunity to put those out and I hope you do.
1: Yeah. we I really, really wanted number six to be at least mastered by the end of this year. We're not going to get there.
0: Life. Yeah. No, I trust me. I know. Believe me.
3: We, we love doing it. I love getting new bands. Well, and we have
1: friends. an open spot that we've been trying to get fill it. And we've over the years have filled it with different people, but then they've dropped out or not. Oh, so you, something. you still
0: have another, a song that needs to go on there.
1: We do. We have a spot. Oh, and we've asked a couple of people. We have asked, um, bricks from, uh, CR mm-hmm. is in a new band called miracle drug. We have asked him. So they're they're amazing. Cool. Um, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> so okay. It's like
1: the two most anticipated records. It's
3: too. not dead. It's <laughs> just sleeping. Sure.
1: I, I understand.
0: I understand completely. Now, are you sold out? Like, is, is all the other stuff gone or do you still have stuff?
1: We still have some of number five.
0: Where can people find this?
1: That's the waxwing. Um, our big cartel.
3: All about friends forever at .bigcartel.com.
0: And they can pick up still... Uh, Remaining copies of what... We of number like five on of vinyl. And yeah. that's got Waxwing on it. Yes. Nice.
3: <laughs> An unreleased demo song. Yeah. That Rocky gave to us and do with it, master it. We had it mastered. It sounds great. A lot of people like it. We also have Steve Brodsky from Caven doing Willie Nelson.
1: Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
3: Um, the other two bands...
1: My mind is blanking. Impel. Yeah, Impel's on that one.
3: And then... Someone from Impel's new band.
1: No, we didn't do I Wish I Yet.
3: No, Firebird Suite. Oh,
1: Firebird Suite. Is that on 5?
3: Yeah. That's the PJ Harvey.
1: <sighs> See, it's been that long. No,
3: it's, I understand. Firebird Suite, members of Impel, sing it. Oh, cool, the San Firebird Diego Suite Kids. song is so good, too. It's a PJ Harvey cover. I love it because I love PJ Harvey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we I did jump ahead there a little bit to throw this information out, but it, it made sense, though. This is the thing that you got involved in in like 1994 Mm -hmm. in that summer you're still now putting stuff out connected to that it became it didn't just become a small part of your life it became part of the whole rest of your life
1: changed my life forever (laughs) you know there was a little bit of time in there where you're like you try to avoid it and try to like find a a normal person how'd that go (laughs) horribly And then you run into somebody that you met in 1996 at CBGB's and...
0: And get married. (laughs) And then you marry him. (laughs) Well, now... So we went up to... Timeline, we went up through... We went up through making the movies. Yeah. And then... There's like, there's like, yeah, there's like this, like, I remember like right after I got done making the movie, I got this job that was supposed to be the last job we ever you'll ever have. It was this whole, the tech thing was still going on. The bubble hadn't burst yet. A laser job. Working at a laser place, (laughs) uh, laser communications devices. (laughs) And during that time. Michael and I were going to move into different places. We've been living together for a few years and we Mm -hmm. were going to move out into different places and I needed to find a place to live and you needed to find a place Mm -hmm. to live. So we ended up getting a house in uh, the above the U district in Seattle. And Michael had just gotten a job up here in the area where we are sitting right now. Mm -hmm. And so she got an apartment a few blocks from this house and we did not break up. We didn't nope. know at the time what was going to happen, but like we you just were
1: like refreshing your relationship. It was just yeah.
0: let's let's restart this. Let's yeah. see what happened. Let's, we moved in pretty quickly when we first got together. Yeah. Let's see what happened. Smartest choice we ever made, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. And it totally put me and you in a house that ended up being <laughs> full of bands and dudes that we knew and all kinds. And you were trying to do creative stuff. And I was trying to like reinvigorate Excursion Records. Yeah. And you got involved in some projects during that, too. Mm-hmm. You did a magazine. Yes. <laughs> was that? Oh, no, I remember. I, it was both exciting and also,
1: yeah, also yeah. frustrating. It was like like my life's goal to like do a legit magazine.
0: And you did a very legit magazine. Yeah. Called Matt Magazine. Yes. M A T T E.
2: Yeah.
0: And my finger is in one of them. <laughs> You said, draw a face on your finger. I need to take a photo. And then I ended up being in some kind of like finger puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little comic. (laughs) Comic that you put in there. That's my only, that's all I got out of it. All right. (laughs) Now, um, and that went for a while, but uh, the whole time we were living there, you were pretty, you were pretty hardcore involved in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was life sucking, but, uh. It was one it, it led was, to it the great. next thing. Whatever the next so thing was, it was so great. Right? that I I loved doing it and I don't think that I will it kind of led me to this like whole uh, working with norms
0: <laughs> citizens citizens
1: you know so cuz I what You're I You got to
0: stay with your own kind from here yeah, on out. Yeah,
1: I had gone into business with you know a person that I worked with at Fanographics and she, she was crazy, <laughs> but I, and I also involved all of my friends who mm-hmm. were volunteers like Robin and Ryan and everybody. I mean, everybody put their heart and soul into this thing and she treated them like crap. So like it all it, kind of fell apart.
0: Right. <laughs> it wasn't just, it was not everyone was coming from the same, yeah. from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was, it was a bummer to see that kind of go down. And I really thought that, that might be like. Yeah, like a thing.
1: Oh, if anyone has has
0: those or can track them down, they're very cool.
1: We I, those um, issues of
0: Matt Magazine are super cool.
1: Eric Rumpshaker, another zine dude, um, was out here a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I t- I told him about it, and he's like, "Oh, I'd love to see it," but all my copies are in storage. And we were wandering around, and uh, we went to the Fanographic Store in Georgetown. And there was a one copy of the very first issue in like the bargain bin.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And wow. so
1: I bought it for him and gave it to him because I bet you like because I worked at Fanna at the time. I bet you Fanna had like boxes left over.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> that was so we lived there and there was a resurgence in the hardcore scene.
1: Here, mm-hmm. uh,
0: there had been a weird time where you had mentioned, Rich, you had mentioned Nine Iron and Spitfire mm-hmm. and like Seattle Hardcore after Undertow was was strange for a few years. Botch grew and got bigger. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really cool stuff that happened, but it was weird little friend stuff more than like bands that people would know as much like Nine Iron never really broke through. And, you know, Waxwing kind of was becoming a thing, mm-hmm. but it was during the growth of bands like Waxwing and Botch. And then right coming into like after the year 2000 with the paradox that you mentioned you played with so there that really blew up mm-hmm. and champion and stay gold happened mm-hmm. and blew up the 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 hardcore scene here and then trial plays into all this all throughout too yeah um their lp came out all these kids that were excited about that were then you know all these young kids that were much younger than us were kind of the new hardcore the scene new
1: hardcore scene.
0: And, and so we were
1: all too busy watching murder city devils and <laughs> well exactly <laughs> but then medals. we're living
0: in this house and then bands are staying and and Aram is staying down there doing his record label he was doing uh anchor records mm-hmm. and so I'm you're doing the ma- you're doing the magazine I'm doing excursion records Aram's doing react we're trying to set up screen printing presses in the basement yeah. it never worked <laughs> but we were just it was just there was always someone sleeping on the floor yeah it was fantastic yeah. and We were like that was like a rebirth of that you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing in my life because I had tried to go get a real job and do things I needed to do. Okay, I had my fun. I made this movie. Now I have to go knuckle under and like work. Work. Now I
1: have to get a real job. Work like an adult. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and it
0: failed.
2: Mm Hmm. (laughs) Mm Hmm.
0: So I, that period of time where we lived in that house was just a fantastic rebirth for me. And I'm very, uh, I, you know, I'm just very thankful that that happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And was happy that you you know, were willing to do that with me. And then you ended up, uh, moving out after, mm-hmm. you know, things only last so long. Yeah. And the magazine thing, when that started to go downhill, you needed to make changes. Mm-hmm. And then Bob Swift moved in, which which (laughs) brought in a whole other chapter to people's lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So then and then then after that, uh, Michael Ann and I, Michael Ann bought this house that we're in right now. And she said, all right, come back. Get back in here. (laughs) I'll take you. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, "Ah, we're bringing Bob. So we brought Bob along with. (laughs) And then where did you go?
1: I didn't go anywhere.
0: (laughs) But I didn't see you.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: for a while yeah, yeah, yeah Okay
0: Look, in the end it comes, you know, things come around
1: I, I, you know, I didn't, I, w- I was dating somebody who was kind of in the hardcore scene mm-hmm. But uh, I, you know, tried to get my norm job and
0: You tried, you made the shot, you took the shot at normal
1: Yeah, yeah Like I was like, I'm going to make this work, you mm-hmm. know <laughs> Which it doesn't work when you force things, so
0: Right, but you, you were gone for a while Mm-hmm and, and people... It
1: was like, I don't know, four years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, people noticed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. that's... It's, Everyone it...
1: thought I had, like, moved or, like, had kids. <laughs> I also, like, after... When I turned 30, like, I got, like, unhealthy. Like, it was just a downhill spiral after that. So... And then... Was
0: there a reason for that? Was it veganism? <sighs> Is that a hard Say question? It. Is that a hard question?
1: I don't. I would never, ever knock my time being vegan. But yeah, for me, it was like I wasn't getting the right, the right things that I needed in my life. I, my body was falling apart.
0: <laughs> and you were able to, you were able to curtail that with, by changing your diet?
1: Well, Yeah. I, I mean, I changed my diet. I slowly changed my diet over, over the years. But uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I finally gave in and started eating meat <laughs>
0: I see <laughs>
1: boom, boom. I mean I'm not I, I, like, nothing I was,
0: lasts forever I was like I was, like,
1: <laughs> I was a vegetarian for 20 years I was a vegetarian longer than I was straight edge oh, so you made a huge impact
0: <laughs> you were vegetarian longer than you were straight edge. hey wait a minute that we didn't touch on that when did you stop being straight edge it I, wasn't when the necklace blew up
1: no no it was I long after that yeah I don't think I stopped being straight edge till like 2004
0: after the, after we were living in the house. Yeah,
1: after we were living in the house.
0: And then what was the event?
1: Um, my. On, that's
0: 10 years of straight well, edge.
1: no, it was 2005.
0: More than 10 years of straight edge.
1: Because I was, my dad passed away and the person that I was with started drinking before that. But then, um, my dad passed away and I realized that I wasn't going to be my dad. And mm. that's kind of why I was straight edge. Because I didn't want to turn out like my dad. But then I was like, I'm old enough now. I'm not going to turn out to be my dad, you know. So You definitely
0: passed a lot of years where you could have laid that groundwork.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, you know, I don't need to identify myself as straight edge. A lot of crazy things were happening in the straight edge scene. So it was like, do I really want to identify myself like that? You know, even though I love straight edge, it gave me... It get, I mean, it did the best for me. Like I need it was there when I needed it. And I would never, ever knock anybody for being straight edge.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people that have been on the show that have had to answer this uncomfortable question <laughs> from me. <laughs> but I'm totally OK with the idea yeah. that that I'm as OK as you can be with the idea that, you know, I'm one of a handful of people yeah. that are still. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 44 years old.
1: <laughs> you right? and Teddy Bone.
0: You know, <laughs> Uh, this is going to be episode 23. (laughs) So next episode is 24 Uh and I have a guest lined up for episode 24. Oh yeah. (laughs) I wonder who that might be. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Speaking of a name. So, um, but yeah, no, there's a handful of people out there, you know, but it's, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm never going to say good. I know. I know. But I, I'm not also going to be like, what did you do to me?
1: Why did you, (laughs) why did you? Oh, come on. The back like you that. took it that way.
0: <laughs> never. Did I ever say a mean word to you? No, never. Okay. I've rarely <laughs> lashed out at anyone. You got to be, you got to be, you know, only a couple people ever <laughs> for reasons of their own. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: but it's no. not
0: my, that's not, that's just not my style.
2: Yeah.
1: I, uh, yeah. I mean, so I what, still don't like bars or anything. So what day was
0: the sellout? <sighs> what was the first thing you drank?
1: It was a beer. Oh,
0: wait, no, you smoked first, right?
1: I smoked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> all girls
0: smoke. Oh, I just I think that's the first time I've actually said that on this episode, oh, on yeah? this podcast. Really? <laughs> yes. I, I'm
1: surprised that the yeah, it's kind of it's
0: kind of died out. It's kind of <laughs> died out for me the whole all girls smoke I've thing. I mean, it may that, be true that
1: he has a theory that all girls smoke, right?
3: They did at one time.
1: Yeah. So that, yeah. I smoked okay. in high school. No, no, no,
0: no. Is that the first time you've heard this theory? No, 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 but th- that, 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 I, always that it's said been it. a theory of minor from, 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 from Carrie. Oh, no. The, 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 this is the, the first time. This is the first time yeah. you've heard it. Because this is important to anyone that knows me that's listening to this, that has heard <laughs> me say this over the years. What I just witnessed you do is how this thing happened. Like Carrie said the all-girls smoke thing to you and you were like, oh, no, the, at some point, yeah. And it was, there was no question in your mind. It was a total, it was like a total knowledge of your experience on earth. Yep. And that is how it first came about. <laughs> it was, I, I, I believe I was talking to Ron Gardipi and he was complaining about a lady that he knew that we both knew. And he was like kind of weighing the pros and cons. And he was like, dude, but she smokes. And I said, ha! I said, all girls smoke. And it was the first thing that came to me, like, boom. But the look of like realization of like dawning understanding on his face, and he went, "All girls smoke." And so I, it doesn't even matter to me whether it's true. It's just kind of per- whatever I see someone react to hearing it the way you just did, of like, "Oh, well, yeah." Well, do, do, people, do people think otherwise? Yeah.
1: yeah. Just as long as my insurance never hears. So basically, this. you
0: you smoked, and then
1: yeah, but not. I didn't really smoke.
0: <laughs> you didn't sell out with a cigarette.
1: Oh, no, no, never. Did you
0: drink a beer?
1: I think I just drank a beer. And
0: I think I did it like... Because I like to do this to him whenever I can. You know, Bill Baker sold out with Zima. Yeah.
1: Gross. Yes, Dave. I know that. (laughs) I love you, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
0: (laughs) So what was it for you?
1: I, I, I think I just like... it. Drink, it will bother me
0: a little bit that this wasn't even important enough to you to know to what remember. it Remember, was. it
1: wasn't important <laughs> to me at all. And like, I think I went to Vegas for my 30th birthday and like, I didn't know, I don't know how to drink. I don't know what drinks are. I don't know what they put in them. And I remembered that my mom drank Greyhounds. So I was like... I'll have a Greyhound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, but that wasn't the first one?
1: No, that was in Vegas. That was probably the first time I ordered a drink.
0: All right. That would have been an acceptable answer. I wouldn't know the difference. Right. <laughs> when you're reconstructing history, you can do stuff like that. When people hear Not good this at that. when people hear this podcast, they're hearing mostly the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've told mostly the truth today. We've left out a couple of names. Yeah. yeah. Some events, whatever. <laughs> there are some there's some legitimate criminal activity that we witnessed <laughs> that we haven't even talked about.
1: Oh wow. Did I just block criminal activity
0: out? No, we just never got around to. Okay. The Drew Barrymore hunt.
1: Oh, I was driving down the hill and I looked at the lovely place. <laughs> I don't want to incriminate myself.
0: A group of us one night for no reason that can be explained in any way that would make sense to anyone invaded a hotel and ran around in it, like in the in the stairwells trying to find Drew Barrymore.
2: Barrymore.
0: Because we, we had heard that she was staying in that hotel and we didn't leave until someone had tagged the carpet on the top floor, maybe. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe.
3: I think there might have that might have happened. I may have th- done something like that in my <laughs> for <past>. Drew Barrymore, <laughs> but tagging just the... for fun, not, not even like knowing a star was staying. Well, because like, Drew
1: Barrymore had come to the show.
0: There was a yes
1: at the Velvet Elvis. There was a show at the
0: Velvet Elvis. She actually bought a demo tape from jo- uh, from Jay Hawker,
2: yeah,
3: Bill
0: Baker's band, yes, but she. uh was she going out with a guy
3: from Hole at the time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had MTV, I knew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing about it that was surprising is that running around in the hotel, just being stupid kids, just being, stu- well, 20 somethings, but whatever, invincible. children, <laughs> invincible <laughs> yeah. was, was one thing, but it was once someone actually with a big, fat, thick pen wrote drew where are you or whatever it was in the carpet like that was when all of a sudden it got real like, and then oh, we needed to we escape we need to escape oh my god someone with us just did like legitimate damage Meantime, we, we were like to yelling
1: down the hallways like <laughs> true like,
0: like poor people
1: like yeah like maybe the hotel was empty because <laughs> <laughs> no one ever saw us
0: well this is the thing too i think we really wanted to be chased yeah. It was just dumb. Like, there yeah. needed to be a bigger adventure than yeah. it was. So yeah. you think you're on a big adventure, and then, you know.
3: Yeah. New York City for me. Just anywhere <laughs> you go in New York? English is a whole island of... What to do? <laughs> What's around
0: this corner? Right. Um the funny thing is for you and I this is a fun story to remember. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, we did that thing. You're just like, God, this is like this really? is their idea of fun. <laughs> Straight uh, kids
1: day. version of fun. Yes, but, for a New Yorker. You
0: know? <laughs> well the thing about it is though is that anything more legitimately bad I'm just not gonna talk about. <laughs> that's I'll find out later. Exactly. If there was anything. I mean, you know. Oh. There were things now and then. Yeah. Um Okay. So then you go to New York. Somehow you leave again.
1: Uh yeah. Well, are I we mean, are
0: we are we missing any event? Any major like
1: Yeah. I mean, well, so probably in like I don't know, 2008, 2009, I finally break up with this person and like become friends again with people that I kind of blocked out of my life. Right. For no good reason you at all. You took some time out. And I yeah, I jumped Right back into the hardcore scene and started going to shows again, and because
0: <laughs> it was there for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then, and then I'm just like, oh my god, I missed there's, it. <laughs> there's Carrie again,
1: and then
3: the same people were there anyway. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, well, no, some new, some old. I mean, mm-hmm. some some old were gone, and yeah. some new ones that maybe you didn't know yeah. you might have met. I don't know. Yeah. Um. What? Uh. But how do you get to New York?
1: <sighs> so. <laughs> you know, did you try
0: to snatch her away? No. No.
1: So he um is pu- starts uh, you know, does a show announcement that he's doing an undertow reunion. Unbroken. Un unbroken, sorry. Um
3: I never got to do an undertow show. Stop
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh announces that he's doing an unbroken reunion show and I was like, I wanna go to that. And um
3: Jesuit indecision.
1: Yeah. yeah. But at the time, I was just, I want to go see Unbroken. And uh, he, like the show was sold out by the time I heard it. Um, My work was going to send me to New York at the same time. So I was like, cool, I want to go. And I get a hold of him because I find out he's putting on the show. I was like, is this the same Rich Hall from back in the day? Oh, is this the same Carrie Whitney? He's like, yeah. And he is like, oh, I'll put you on the pay list. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a second.
1: It was sold out. I don't, like, yeah,
0: yeah. I'll put you on the pay list. So,
1: yeah, to pay. <laughs> we basically
0: mutually
3: agreed that we knew each other from, like, oh, yeah, you did the zine, you did photographs. I love all that stuff. I know who you are. It's cool. Yeah,
1: we know that we have friends in common.
3: You know, we're, we're both in it, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was sold out. I was like, look, all I can do.
1: Everybody's put... contacting you yeah. for hookups. <laughs> I mean, this
3: is, like, one of the biggest shows I've ever done, and... All I can do was at the time was, I could put you onto the pay list. I can get you in that way. It's cool. That's only, it's the cool way to get in. That's all I can do. So right you now. still
0: have to pay to get into the show, but you can get in. Yeah. Well, that's fine.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was good. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
0: no I, I was I was good with What's that. What's
1: the
3: problem,
1: nudge, nudge? <laughs> I was totally good with that, and then I didn't go to New York for work, so I
3: "Let's rewind." Uh,
1: Oh, so we, uh, so we started talking
0: Right. after that. Lot. Like, I, so stopped. even though this thing doesn't happen, it connects you two.
1: Yeah. Like we're ta- in between like me canceling, um, like we're, yeah. I stalk him on Facebook, you know, Same. see, you know, Oh, you know, you like robots, you do art, like blah, 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 you know? So we started talking. So you guys
0: were, were secretly stalking each other at the same time. Yeah. But we made it known. Like, Go, like here. you're looking around one corner and you can't see her because she's on the other side looking around the <laughs> other corner for you. Pretty much. Okay, cool.
1: So then we actually like start talking and emailing each other and talking on the phone and whatever. And then I could don't go to New York. And then so I was like, well, and he was kind of bummed. I was like, well, what if I come for your birthday? Because his birthday was May 13th. Yeah. And so he was like, okay.
3: At this point, we were talking on the phone.
0: Like you guys knew? Yeah. You were were kind of like, all right. We were adults.
1: Yeah.
3: We are adults
0: talking everything through like...
1: We had a lot in common, so...
3: Three-hour conversations on the phone.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, we were adults, you know. We were just, like, laying on the floor, talking on the phone for three hours. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty
3: much. Up in my parents' room, twirling my hair, talking to Carrie.
0: <laughs> They're yelling up, Get off the phone!
3: Mom, I'm on the phone, damn it!
0: Yeah, she picked, Don't up, come what, in. She picked up the extension yeah. to, like, make a call. Yeah. Okay, that's
3: great. Mom. <laughs> It's not Matt Pike. I can't know. <laughs> Nate, Nate Newton's not coming on tour today. No. <laughs> my mom was heavily involved in me booking shows. Oh, okay. Anyway. Because they all stayed at your house. They all stayed at my house, too. Yeah. Um, but we were talking yeah. at length mm-hmm. for a length of time.
1: So then I decide that I'll go to New York for his birthday.
3: So she couldn't come to the show. I was bummed. But I think if she did come to the show, it wouldn't work out the way it did. Sure. Because it's a huge, giant show of a thousand people. You had to
0: have your mind somewhere else.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that weekend. Yeah. Um, she's like, "What if I come?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have plans on my birthday. I got tickets to Deftones, Dillinger Escape." You party. have? You
1: said I have a ticket to Dillinger. I have
3: a ticket for myself.
1: <laughs> I can meet you after.
3: I can
0: put you on the pay list. I can put you on the pay
1: list. <laughs> um, and he was like, "And it's sold out." It's... And I was like, "I was like, oh, I can get a ticket." I was like, whatever. I'll figure it out. (laughs) Okay. At this point in my mind, I was like, I'm going to New York. I'm going to have fun. Like, we'll see what happens.
3: (laughs) This is what happens. (laughs) Um, I was currently at home. I needed a break from Brooklyn. I needed to get my mind straight. I stopped drinking. I had major anxiety. I needed to get out. I needed to start fresh. I moved back with my parents. Um... I'm very close to my uncle. My uncle was very sick at the time. He was in a, uh, I'm getting a little emotional because I don't <laughs> want to live this. Uh, he was in a nursing home and apparently he died overnight. Like oh. I was home at the time and we got the phone call and he passed away. And Carrie knew that he was sick. And <laughs> um, so this just shattered my life. And then, and it
1: was the day that, or like the day after, it, I was arriving in New York. Oh my god!
3: No, no, it was the funeral. Was like my, like my uncle died. I don't know when er, everything's going to happen. My mom's sorting out right now. This happened last night. Right? She's like, "Crap." <laughs> yeah,
1: like, oh, I'm going to New York. Crap.
3: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and like, I don't know if I can hang out with you. And she's like, "That's fine. Like, we'll figure it out." I'm like, "Okay." So of course. Dealing with family, any family. My family, they're not close, but like tragedies always bring them together and there's always fights. Stubborn Italians start their shit and whatever. So I was like, I need to get out. <laughs> Go <ahead>. You gotta <laughs> back it up a little bit because I got there.
1: Did I get there the day of his funeral? Yeah. Okay, so I got there the day of his funeral he he's like, I can't hang out. So I, I was like, okay, great. What am I going to do? I find out that Mike fight is also in New York. Cool. He's like, cool. Come meet me at this, you know, bar. It's a bar that I invested in. And I was like, awesome. I'll <laughs> meet you there. So I meet Mike fight at this bar and I'm like, you know, he's doing family stuff. So I'm out. I'm not yeah. telling anybody that I'm there to see Rich Hall.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> and, uh, so this bar ends up being one of Rich's dearest friend's bar. <laughs> and we're, I'm sitting there, we're, you know, drinking, having fun. And uh, I have a tattoo of an octopus on my arm. And he's like, oh, you like octopuses, you know, come see. This is uh, Mark Shapiro. He's, um, he's like, come see this artwork by my friend Rich Hall
3: <laughs> hanging <laughs> in the stairwell.
1: And it's of this
3: octopus. <laughs> I kept- I kept this real because I didn't know myself. I didn't know what this was going to Like, so I didn't tell friends. I didn't tell anyone. I, sure. I told a couple of people at the show, like Dave Rowan was at the show, Mike fight. Like, oh, I think me and Carrie are talking. Mike fight guessed it right away. Yeah. <laughs> and like Dave Rowan was. But
0: even still, like <laughs> she comes out there and like, she's not going to, she's not going to be able to hang out with you, but she still can't get away from you. Can't. Yeah, no. And
1: so, like, you know, we're <laughs> like giggling and having fun, and I'm getting to know Mark Shapiro, and he's like, you know, talking. He's like, oh, you should date Rich Hall.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Unbeknownst to him. Yes.
0: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, your friends are looking out for you. Oh, yeah. Boys. Or trying to get you in trouble. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. It depends ladder, on your point of view. More than the former, yeah. It just depends on your point of view. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So then the next day, I'm, you know, I get ho- back to the ho- my hotel at like four in the morning because bars never close in New York. And <laughs>
3: it was my birthday that I had to get out of my house. Yeah. I had to. I'm like, I can't deal with this. I'm like, I'm going to hang out with this girl. I
1: also had bought Yankee tickets. Yeah, and so that's what got him out of the house. <laughs> he yes. was like, "I'm going to the Yankee game with this girl." <laughs> okay.
3: No, I think, I think it, the way it went, it was the Dillinger Show.
1: No, no, uh, the, no, 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 no. The
3: Yankee, the Yankee game before. The
1: Yankee, Yankee game before. before. Yeah, that's right.
3: You're correct. Yeah, it was the day before my birthday. Yeah, and she's like I got these tickets. I'm like, I gotta go hang out with this girl.
1: <laughs> He's not gonna refuse Yankee tickets. I gotta I go see about a girl.
0: I gotta go see about a girl. You know, I'll be right back. <laughs>
3: See if it's gonna work out. Or not. <laughs> Great seats, of course, you know, yeah. because that's
1: and um, <laughs> hilariously enough, uh, Mike fight and his friend Rev, and Mark and Chap, and somebody else Delia. Oh yes, Delia, um, all had tickets to the game, the same game, the same game.
0: <laughs> so I was lucky. are you in the same area? So, a, yeah. They, they
1: were weren't not. in the same in the in the same area, but. So like we're on like a date, right? <laughs> we're on <laughs> a
3: date it gets at this point.
1: Crashed by the Peanut Gallery, yeah. But we had so much fun that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they came down and joined us at our seats because we had the better seats. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious.
0: Now, is there is there are there more key points here, or how do you get to New York? Like how do you, oh, how do why do you move? move? Yeah, you you moved. This, so, is, this yeah. is good okay yeah
1: yeah, yeah 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 So we I mean he the next night we go see Dillinger and uh, the Deftones
3: and it was my and it was his proper. birthday.
1: And so then we go back to um, Shap's bar that, and it's his birthday party. There's a little table reserved for him and everything. Yeah. And the deaf tones come to his birthday party.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, they heard it was my party. They
0: had <laughs> What's going on tonight? I hear Rich Hall's birthday party yeah. is going to be the shit. Duh. Okay.
1: Yeah. Duh. Um, so, you know, I experience all of this and, you know, he's like superstar. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you knew this going in.
1: <laughs> true, true, but then, but no, but I saw it I war- for real. I warned you. I warned you. Like, look,
3: <laughs> this is this is my life. Being nice. modest about it, but whatever. But yeah, yeah. We,
1: we had a blast, and uh, yeah,
3: so that sealed the deal. And then, so you moved out.
1: Well, and I, uh, yeah, she I came back. Here. Was sad. I left. We kept talking, kept talking, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm. Working the same job for seven or eight years now, and like I could, I could use a change. Let me stop you. Okay.
3: In her conversations, she's like, "Oh, what if you moved to Seattle?" I'm like, "I really don't know what's."
1: He wasn't going to move to Seattle yeah. for a girl.
3: I wasn't <laughs> ready to leave New York yet. I, didn't, <laughs> I knew what was out there. Of course, I toured. I've been all around the country like seven times or whatever else. Um, I know what's out there, but I had a thing. I was still doing shows. I was at the height of doing shows. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to stay there. But then she's like, okay, what if I moved to New York? I'm like, okay, you got to get a job. You got to find your own place.
0: She had this. You're like, you come to New York, I'll put you on the pay list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to keep doing this (laughs) job. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's what he did. And I mean, in all fairness, that was like, you know. If you're going to do this, you got to do it, you know. Yeah, I'm not you got to do it.
3: I'm, it's, I'm already established. I'm not
1: taking care of you out here.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this is
0: going to lead. <laughs> I hear that works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. <Uh-oh>.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So I, you know, start looking for jobs out there and I get a job interview. I go back out to visit. He had moved out of his parents and got an apartment. <sighs> and uh, he had <laughs> just moved into the apartment. Yeah. That weekend, and I had a job interview. I got the job.
3: She brought me IKEA furniture, um, hardware. When he moved, they
1: lost all the hardware. (sighs) So I went to IKEA and got him. Nice. For the specific
3: bed that I did have. And (laughs) I was like, all right, this girl's cool. She (laughs) was like,
0: she was the parts that put it all together for you.
3: (laughs) She's the parts of my bed.
0: he what? <laughs> I was trying to keep it a classy. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, and uh he was like, you know, still worried like I have a I had a giant dog and uh was going to move Rest out there with them anything. and oh my boy. Mm-hmm. Um but uh and so he was like, well, you can stay with me until you find your own place cuz he wasn't ready to move in with me or whatever mm-hmm. at that point. And I was like, well, you know, if I come stay with you, I'm not leaving. <laughs>
3: Then I was like, fine, would you like to be my girlfriend? <laughs> she said, yes. I was like, fine.
1: I guess but- I just warmed down. Okay. So you warmed <laughs> down. So then he, um, I started my job in the middle of July and he uh, flew out here to move me and...
3: Uh, we traveled cross country. Six which days. Which is always
1: a test of any uh, relationship. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah. In six days like i was like okay this is good this is cool about a couple of months later i was just like this is the girl i want to marry and uh matt miller who took our wedding photos i saw him the night of a converge show and i was like i'm gonna marry this girl you have to be the wedding photographer and he was like okay <laughs> sure okay and then that following December, I popped a question at my parents' house. Yeah. Underneath the Christmas tree. So about
0: five, six months after yeah. you've yeah. been yeah.
3: there? Yeah, yeah. But usually people like would criticize moving too fast. Yeah. You know, we're adults. <laughs> We've had so many conversations. There's only so much
1: time left. <laughs>
3: right. There's not. Exactly. No, absolutely. You've my done all this before. This. Yeah. Come on. We've done this before. Flown yeah. out to other lands to see if we were compatible with other... Other people, people yeah. But it didn't work. And I was like, yeah, this is the girl. This is, you know, the one. Huh? And then I proposed to her. And then we lived for another... Six months? S- six, seven months. Oh, I guess
1: we lived in August, so eight months.
3: Yeah, eight months in New York and...
0: I- so you were just out there for just more than a year. Yep. And then came back. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, what happened there? Yeah. There's not mm-hmm.
3: It was... It was all.
1: I wasn't ready to leave New
3: York. She was having our New York <laughs> oh. Sex and
0: City stuff thing. Sex and I don't the know. City thing. You had you had some other ladies you were meeting yeah, for pu- I, uh, like. I what, hadn't for fully explored and New York. Desserts?
1: I really I loved every single person that I met there. I had a you know, I was having a good time.
3: For me, being a lifetime New Yorker, only living in California once before, I saw the other side. I saw the other side with her. I loved it. I wanted that. You know, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff going on when I was doing shows, you know, competing. Blogs were doing shows and they had all this like blank check for these bands. So the bands went to that. And the small town mom and pop promoter was getting pushed out. But there's a lot of loyalty and people still, I still did the shows that I wanted because that's what I did. I didn't do shows because like, oh, X band is popular with Y crowd. Right. But I was doing it for a while. And I was like, look, I need a break from this. And I think that last year was like my bucket list of shows. Like three Rorschach shows, a Kiss a Goodbye show. Oh, I don't even know. Refused. Refused secret show. (laughs) um, The first, first secret show they did when they uh, reunited. Um, Just like all that cool stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to go out on top. And... Like we talked about it, and that August I was like, "Okay, I can end any time. I'm ready." She was like, "Okay,
1: yeah, my job at m t v was uh like I was a freelancer, so and they weren't gonna need me mm. till like September, and I was like, Well, I can't go you know a month and a half without a job
3: no, it was it was like three months or something like that. It was some yeah. long amount of time that wasn't working, <laughs> you right. know I couldn't
1: so I was like, all right, we might as well move. And then my job at MTV got crazy because I went into contract battles with Dish. Yeah. And I was working like 17-hour days and still right before, packing stuff and trying to move. After you
0: had decided to leave, then yeah. all of a sudden it yeah. changed. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That's yeah. A common story, it seems like.
3: And then we decided, we were like, we have everything that we need. We had the dog. We had our stuff to live. We had our stuff in storage where... The moving company was like, yeah, just give us a address and we'll ship it to you. All right. Whenever
1: you're ready. Whenever so you're ready. So we'll hang on to your crap. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. So we left with no plan, no... We were going to go live with my mom. So we just oh, in kind of gonna... Yeah, but we took like a month to drive across the country. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was awesome yeah <laughs> Except there was thunderstorms. We were going to camp, like we brought a brand new tent and all this stuff. I, I don't camp, so
3: I was like, okay. <laughs> and
1: then it was a thunderstorm every night, and my poor pup was like, oh, shredded, it. shredded,
3: it. <laughs> <coughs> couldn't do it anymore. But once we got out west, I was very nervous because I'm very punctual, and like, oh my god, we got to get here and all this and done. And then once we hit Denver, I had altitude sickness.
1: It was like, somebody was like, calm down. Boom.
0: Yeah. A
3: higher power just like struck me down. Like you're in the West now.
0: Chill out, man. Yeah. Chill (laughs) out. Moving at that speed. The dude came from the heaven.
3: And
2: like,
0: dude. Chill out,
3: man. And from there, I was like, oh, I can live here. Flagstaff, Arizona. We can live here. This is cool. Oh, So each
0: place you were just like, how about, why not here? Why not here?
3: Yeah. Why not here? You wanted to live at Arcasanti?
0: We wanted...
3: Arcasanti <laughs> was cool, but I didn't want to live there. <laughs> Flagstaff was... Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, but...
1: Yeah. We had a blast.
3: We got to San Diego and a mutual friend, Rob. Um, we're just hanging out and stuff like that. And she gets an
0: email.
1: I get an email that I have a job in Seattle.
0: If she wanted it.
1: If I wanted with it. With the
0: people who you worked with before? Yes. Okay. Yeah well and that, then, that answers the question yeah. then right you're like yeah. oh seattle yeah. of course
1: so then uh rob is you know we're hanging out with him and he's like oh cool you're gonna live in seattle i have a house there i'll kick out my tenants we're
0: like
3: <laughs> don't and he was petitioning he was doing the hard sell on us
1: so i had a job and a place to live like in within like an hour <laughs> in we san like- diego <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> wow, okay. So then boom, you're on your way up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to my mom's. My poor mom like cleaned out like a room for us and everything and I was like, Mom, we're staying one day. I start my job on Monday. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> It's still empty, this room. A, a saint she is still. <laughs> yes, like, still. All saint of, from, Cindy. from from Motley Crue with the other woman. To doing all the work oh, for yeah. one night stay. <laughs> yeah, amazing woman.
1: Yes, she is. <laughs> your mother. My poor mom. <laughs> but yeah, so then we're back.
3: And then we're back.
0: And then the next thing I know, I'm coming to your wedding.
1: Yeah, it was like a year later.
3: A year later, yeah. nine months later.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know how
0: time goes, though. I know. <laughs> Especially now, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, look, they're here. Oh, you they're getting. To, married. You went to my
1: oh. wedding yesterday. <laughs> it
0: feels like it. Yeah. Totally. Um. I gotta put some of those photos up or do you do you have the the box photography thing you did? This the still shots that you then made into animation?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. still up online? Um, I have it. I will send you a link.
0: I want to link it. If you don't but you don't have it up online?
1: Uh, the video is up, not the singles. Right. There's well, the, like 3,000 of them.
0: Right, but the video <laughs> where it, it almost looks like animation is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And what's actually, what's fun about it is that you are kind of like a constant moving oh, yeah. thing throughout smile it. I'm a
1: smile booth hog.
0: Right. Oh, that's what <laughs> that's it is. Smile booth. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't know what to call it. So yeah, I was like, yeah. the box thing you did.
1: Smile booth. But that
0: video is cool. <laughs> and it, I, I'll, if I can, I'll link that to the blog page too. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we're getting to the point where we are at the end of the show. Yeah. But we got to talk about how people can see what it is you've got going on and what you will have going on. Cause I heard some talk about a book.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I, a, a book has always been a plan. I have like, like 5,000 negatives from photographs of all those shows, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. For like 20 years of shows, for 20
1: years of shows. Well, yeah, there's some gaps missing yeah. or some really terrible pictures. Um, but I eventually want to put them all together and, do a book, but now I'm scanning them and putting them on my website.
0: And what is your website? How can people go find it?
1: My website is com. It's really
0: long. com. But you know what? I'll link it on the blog page. So if you go to the blog page of com for this episode, it's right up near the top. You can click (laughs) it, go right to it. You don't have to worry about spelling it right or anything.
1: And I'm trying to do like a nice library of photographs over time and cool i've
0: seen it there's there's a lot of stuff up on there there's a
1: lot of stuff up there already now do you have twitter i do but i never use it instagram i do have instagram but it's mostly pictures of lulu (laughs) (laughs)
0: well what we'll do is we'll take all the different types of social media stuff that you have and we'll put links on it if for anything you want people to be able to see. yeah
1: do my photography facebook don't do my instagram
0: Okay. Well, yeah. well, we'll do that. But people go there and you can see the stuff she wants to see and then if you really <laughs> wanted to try to find the other stuff, you could always do that. Um, what else do we need people to know? I
1: don't
0: know. We covered it pretty well. I think so. Well, th- thank you so much for coming out and doing this. <laughs> I know I'd been I'd been telling you that I was going to need <laughs> you to get out here and do this, and this was an important part of the story to oh, me. Oh
3: boy. A year plus.
0: <laughs> well, no, I you know what? The first ones went up in February. So it it's right in the first mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, though? I was planning for a couple months. So you're right. It is possible that I started even putting the seat oh, yeah. put the out, out there. Oh, yeah. You put the seat out
1: there. And seeds. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, up until pretty much you walked into my house today, you were still saying, no, I don't think this is
3: going to yeah. work. <laughs> On the car ride up here, yes. <laughs>
0: what, do you think you weren't going to be able to talk about any of this stuff?
1: I probably shouldn't talk about anything. Whatever. No, this is great. I thought this
0: was great. I really appreciate you it. Thank you so much for doing this for me, my friend. Thank you, Dave. And sir, thank you for being here, too. Thank you for having me. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Tomorrow. Bye. All right. Another episode in the can, as they say. Well, someone says that. I don't know. Maybe I won't get in the habit of saying that. I was really looking forward to doing this interview from the moment I came up with the idea for this show. I knew Carrie was going to be someone I had to get in here and talk to, and I was thrilled the way it went. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Let's do some corrections really quickly, because I think there are a couple. Not really corrections so much, as just more like verifying things. Checking what our info was. So, we talked about the movies Grease, Xanadu, Breakin', and Beat Street. I said, I thought those movies were five years apart, if not more. Here's how it breaks down. Grease was released in 1978. Xanadu, 1980. I would have guessed that wrong. I would have thought Xanadu was in the 70s. Breakin' and Beat Street were both 1984. In that little breakdance craze. So, yeah, the distance between uh, Grease and Beat Street and Breakin' is six years. A little bit less for Xanadu. So, and I think that Xanadu was the one that she was talking about. So, four years. But, yeah, to me, things in that period of time do seem pretty close together. But, I don't know. That's a pretty big gulf between those movies. Uh, the only other thing is we talked about the band Shift, and we refer to it, it gets referred to as Major Label Shift in the episode. There was a discussion about what years those were. I said I felt that it was 97, and there was some talk that it might be 99 or 2000. Uh, Shift's releases on Columbia Records, these are the records that came out that they were touring and supporting were in 1997 and 1998 and we would have been talking about the period after their first major label release so that's 1997 so the other shift records that we would have been familiar with them from touring on were in the couple years prior to that so it's not like nya nya or anything like that but uh yeah not 99 and 2000 that was just really another era it was the end of this era so that's basically it. Uh, check the blog page. I put up some fun stuff. Uh, Rich and Carrie's uh, wedding box video thing. I can't even remember. Smile box? I can't even remember what we called it. Uh, that's edited together with some music. And it's all the different pictures. from so A ton of different people that get mentioned in this, in this episode. I'm in there. Carrie's in like everything. Dancing like a fool. It's worth watching. Definitely check that out. A few other things I wanted to touch on real quick. I was on another podcast. Um, I was on episode number 54 of a podcast called Word on the Street. Uh, it's a podcast run by a guy named Alexander Zimmerman, also known as the Zim. Local dude. He's uh, really big into discovering what's going on in local music in the Northwest. We had a nice conversation. It was very well done. I enjoyed it. I had never met the guy, and I felt like I've known him for years. And we figured out that we should have known each other for years. We we were literally like just crossing paths in the same city for like two decades. And so that was a cool conversation. His podcast is very cool. Very diverse. Rather than talking to people he has known for a long time, he's talking to people in many cases that he's never met at all. I showed up at his house never having seen his face and sat down and started talking. It was great. So check out what he does. He also does some cool YouTube stuff. I mean, he's got a whole thing going on. He's playing music with a band. He's got YouTube stuff going on. He's doing video journal stuff. I love it. It's a constant and it's constantly cool. So check his stuff out. I'll put some links to it on the blog page for this episode. So Word on the Street Podcast. Check it out. And the other thing I was going to say is, you know what? As, as I'm recording this at the end of this episode, it is the end of 2015. Um, it's just before Christmas. I don't want to date this too badly, but this is the 23rd episode of the podcast and I had one check-in episode. So basically that's, that's 24 episodes this year since we started. And I've had such a great time doing this and I've loved the feedback that I've gotten and seeing the show grow and more and more people listen to it is exciting. I hope that continues. Um, this is a plea. Please go give us that five-star rating on iTunes. It's a huge deal. You don't have to write anything. But if you did want to write something, that's cool, too. That is so helpful. And, uh, you know, check out all the stuff that we're doing on nobody's nose.com. There's different articles. There's a new podcast. There's an ad for it at the very end of this episode. Listen all the way through the end, and you'll hear it. Yeah, and there's going to be more. There's going to be more and more stuff. Okay, I'm going to let you guys go. Have a great New Year. Or if you're listening to this A week from now uh, have a great 2016 or if you listen to it way in the future I'm lucky that people are still paying attention and thank you for listening to this episode if we are in the future hopefully a lot more have come and amazing things have happened all right thanks everybody till next time this podcast is a product of the nobody's knows podcast network executive producers David R. Larson and K. Drake Streetman Music for this episode provided by Polymorph from the record Artifacts, Demos and Debris. Hey everybody, I just want to let you know about another show that we're doing here on the Nobody's Knows Podcast Network. This show was created to give my friend Matt an opportunity to have his own show, to put his point of view out. It's called The Token Asian, and I'm here with Matt right now to tell you about the show. Matt, tell me about The Token Asian. Tell me what you're trying to achieve with this podcast. What I'm trying to do is to help, help the many of people out there that need help. And so you really think of this as a self-help type show? You're giving advice mostly to people? Well, it's not self-help. I will be helping those people, so it's more like a hands-on type of thing. Isn't it true that it's really just you getting high and me trying to make you have a conversation? Well, potato, potato, thumb in the ass. Who knows? We've done three episodes as of right now. Is that what we did? It felt more like two and maybe a third. Well, the third one we'll see how it edits. It may go up, it may not, but I would encourage people to go listen to what we've done and to get your advice, to get your help, to just hear your view. Dave, Dave, that third episode was cheese curd diarrhea. If I've ever seen it, well, then we'll just have to do better on the fourth. We'll have to push it, push it where through the yellow lens. This is the point where I'd tell you where to tune in to hear the token Asian, but you can just listen to it whenever you want. Just go to the, uh, the token Asian link. Under podcasts. Convenience is the key, as Ian Mackay would say. Function is the key. Eh, no wonder I never got fucked by Riot Girl. www.dinobodiesnose.com Go listen to The Token Asian. Listen to the other episodes of I've Known You Too Long. Because he's Asian and he's token. See what else we've got coming down the line. He's yellow and he's poking. An ear near you.